2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
3: Good morning, everybody. Saturday morning, Delaware Valley. I'm Glenn Now, Mike Silski, who normally joins me on Saturday, is uh, away today. So lucky me. I get to work with my Sunday partner, Jordan McDonald. Jeffy, since we're not going to be working tomorrow, we
4: might as well work today, right, G Mac?
3: Yes, we are preempted tomorrow by a betting show. Uh, this week, is it next week also?
4: No, because there's no
3: game next week. Oh, oh that well, would be the week between the championships. Yeah, I, d- championship. I don't know when they run this thing. <laughs> they, they, we are we do move around on Super Bowl Day because of this thing, right? I
4: think so and yeah, I will I think be we out on hours. Sunday because yeah. that's uh, later in the afternoon and I'm on against the Super Bowl on CBS. It's oh, wow. my favorite <laughs> show of that. the year. Third year I'll hot be doing stove it. talk baby. Um, no what I do is I'll tape some lengthy interviews well ahead of time. and then play them during the Super Bowl so that I can actually watch and during the parts that I'm on I can comment on it and the like so I'm going to need that afternoon ahead of time to tape all those interviews so I will not be joining you on Super Bowl Sunday. So yeah this is the first, no we're on next week we'll be together next Sunday. I don't know,
3: this, this, whatever I, I think people know how we feel about being preempted for something like that which is not live and local but there you go, I will leave it at that. So we got a lot to cover today. We will not ignore the Sixers and Joel Embiid's amazing week. Uh, We'll talk about the Flyers and some troubles there. Maybe try to get into some hot stove, although the Phillies have yet to turn theirs on. But And two championship games tomorrow, again, will be preempted. Hello. Uh, But the big story is what happened with the Eagles this week continues to be. The Eagles grab the spotlight, as they so often do. All right, Jody McDonald, Nick Sirianni gets to keep his job, gets the, the, I thought, rather lukewarm vote of confidence from Howie Roseman in a very odd news conference. The Eagles signed a new defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio searching for an offensive coordinator as we speak. I guess let me just start. Give me your bottom-line impression of what you heard this week. Um, um, well, we didn't hear anything from the guy who
4: decides everything, which is Jeff Lurie. I think this is all Jeff Lurie's doing. Um, He is a very good owner. He is not an overly meddlesome owner. There are plenty of those across the National Football League. He's not an incompetent owner, and there are a whole bunch of those in the National Football League too. I think he's one of the best owners in the NFL. But this is one where he gets hands-on when you're talking about major coaching. He is general manager, which is Howie Roseman, and he's locked in there, and he loves Howie, and Howie's done a good job for him. So Jeff is going to have his immediate impact on the team through coaching. And I believe that this was his call to keep Nick Sirianni. You have, from time to time, um, I would say even say chided me, because I'm a guy who believes in compromise.
3: Oh, yeah. I think, I think You're a man our, of the middle.
4: I am. And I think in our society, we've gotten to this point where – If you're not immediately on one side or the other, how dare you? Pick a side, get on that side, dig your heels in, don't have any compromise to your life whatsoever, and it annoys the snot out of me. So I'm a guy who enjoys a good compromised position, a good middle, uh, uh, come up with something in the gray areas. Life is not all black and white. A lot of it is, but not all of it is. And this is one where Jeff Lloyd tried to find the compromise. And I'm not sure he's done a good job of it. Uh, The thing that jumped out to me more than anything else this week, Mac, I'd really love your opinion on this. I had come to believe, now this was just me drawing conclusions, reading between the lines, everything else, that Nick Sirianni had been at least heavily suggested to, if not dictated to, pull the plug on Sean Desai. Mm -hmm. Watching that press conference the other day, that they made me believe maybe Nick Sirianni is a better actor than he is a coach because I believed when he stared into the camera and said it with conviction and he didn't say everything with conviction on that day, but he Ooh. did about this, that that was his idea that he did it for the best of the team, for the good of the franchise. He made that decision. Well, you did the results are in that's a fireable offense. If you're going to pull the plug on a D.C. when your team is well above 500 just because the 49ers and the Cowboys put up a bunch of points against you, two very good offenses, that's a massive overreaction and should be a fireable offense. All right, well, you can pull your – you know what's out of the fire. Matt Patricia comes in and saves the day. Oh, my God, he was worse. So you took an action. You deal and live with the results. I thought that was a fireable offense. I was 51% keep him all the way up until they actually made the decision and kept him. But after that press conference the other day, I said, how does this guy, how does he survive this? How do you make that call and see those results and still get to coach the team? Well, I think that's a good
3: point you make. And I, you know, we may never know who actually made that decision, whether Nick was telling the truth there or not. Remember, you, said, you and I used to have the old truth-o-meter that we yes. would pull out at times like this. Yeah, I think it's somewhere in a drawer back at our old station down at uh, Third and Market or Spring Garden. It's probably still up in Spring Garden, <laughs> Spring rusty Garden, in all a drawer. back
4: to Spring Garden.
3: Yeah, haven't yeah. used the meter in a while, so I don't know. But here's what I here's what I this was my takeaway. What I didn't learn at all out of that press conference was why did it fall apart so badly and more importantly how will they prevent it again i wish i had more faith that this collapse came because of a, of a tangible reason outside of nick you know i mean it, it it was injuries well clearly it wasn't it was a couple of bad attitude players they needed to get rid of and anything that i could come away and say okay this makes me believe that Nick Sirianni goes into it next season, back in the groove of 2022. But I didn't hear that. I didn't hear anything that made me believe he's going to be able to pull this ox cart out of the ditch. You can't blame it all on Sean Desai or Matt Patricia or Brian Johnson, can you? No, but I think all of them were bad
4: enough that I didn't have a problem with any of the fire. No,
3: no, I'm not saying that. I listen I, w- I would definitely, I would, I would pay their, you know, f- for their, their easy pass to get over the bridge. Go, leave, be gone. But, but the question, why did it all fall apart? And I want to play, this is a cut from Nick Sirianni when he was asked very specifically, why did it all fall apart?
5: We all have our we all have a hand in it uh we all have a hand in it, and I'll take in anything that happens on that field will always start with with me. I don't care if that's offense defense or special teams um and so i'll be the-, the be on the front of that of you know where the the staleness came from um you know um but they, but we did, you know. There was things that we we look at and you know that we can we can do better, right? And whether that's the the pass game, whether it's the run game, whether that's the protections, there's there's parts of that in all areas that we look at and be like ah. You know, that that war its course. And and that doesn't mean that's your entire offense. That's just portions of it. Right. Because you're still going to have staples that are that are staples for you that can be run against any defense at any time, at any at any moment. Um, That was just some stale moments of of all of those phases of, of the game.
3: All right, Jody. I mean, I admire him, I guess, as a stand-up guy saying, you know, it's, it starts with me. But that said, how how could he not see what was going on in that last seven games and do something to correct it? And did you? I mean, he made he made hundreds of decisions over the last few months, and he barely changed anything. You you know, we saw the blitz coming; they had no idea what to do, and that tells me he didn't know how that he couldn't present any solutions. And so, do you come away from what you heard the other day thinking, okay, he's going to be able to get it back on course? Here's the only way you can come to that conclusion. He's the same
4: coach that coached and took this team to a Super Bowl 12 months ago. And did he just forget how to coach? Did he lose it? Was there some kind of an event in his life that made him a lesser man? the, the, The way they finished and the season they had last year, all within one year, don't equate. They don't make sense. They don't add up. I, I can't point to – you're asking me to point to how can he fix it. He didn't tell us how to fix it. I'm asking well, you, do you, did, do you Where think, did it go wrong? Why have, Why did it go that far that yeah. badly backwards?
3: Yeah. I'm asking if you if anything you heard on Wednesday makes you believe he can turn it around. No. But, okay. but he's also
4: the same guy – who took them to the Super Bowl last year? Uh, so is, And how and Howie yeah. talked extensively about that, that we were 24-6 and six up until the final second. Six- well, what do you look at? Do you look at the big body of work or do you look at the small body of work? Certainly the one that has happened most recently is the most easy to rem- remember, but they're hanging their hat on in two years. Nick Sirianni had taken a team that went from 4-11-1 to, to the playoffs, and then a team that went to the playoffs and got embarrassed by Tampa Bay to tie in the Super Bowl with ten seconds to go. Yeah. Th- those are on his record too, much like the collapse of twenty twenty three. Well, which is the real Nick Sirianni?
3: Sure, and I get that, and I, and I get their reluctance, Jeff Lurie. Jeff Lurie's reluctance to say, "Listen, I have a guy. He got me the Super Bowl. Like, you know, I, I gotta I gotta try to hang on to it and see if I can get it back." But what that means, I think, Jody is that he's now officially on, as we know, the hot seat. Yep. Starting now, going into the draft, going into free agency, going into mini camps, going into uh, preseason games. Bob Groats of the Delco Times referred to one of my favorite old comedy classics from the 70s saying Nick is now on double secret probation. (laughs) And he is, right? I mean, you know every story when the season begins is – Who's the first coach to get fired? And the odds will come out of Vegas. And I would think that it's either he or Brian Dable who's at the top of that list. Agreed. Now, here's here's the one thing I will say, because you're right. And we heard that
4: all week here on WIP from hosts, from callers, from everybody else. How can he possibly use everybody's waiting for the other shoe to drop? You know, sometimes that's good, Glenn, that everybody gets motivated. Here's what I hope. Through Howie Roseman, because Howie talks to the players, Jeff will talk to a handful of players at best, Um, but Howie did exit interviews with all these players. I hope they judge the fact that the players still like Nick. Now, it's going to be a tough sell because we watched the last seven games of the season, and they sure as hell didn't go out and play like they wanted to win one for the Gipper that is Sirianni. But if they like Nick and everyone is reading and hearing that he's on the hot seat, double secret probation, maybe they rally for him. Maybe they come to his defense. It can cut either way. You don't know ahead of time whether it's going to be, man, this is a house of cards and it could collapse if you pull out one on the bottom row and they all come tumbling down. Or the players step up and fortify for him because they like him. Because the way he laid it out at the press conference the other day, uh, Mac, he is a CEO's CEO. He's not going to be running the offense. He's not going to be running the defense other than cheerleading on the sidelines and calling timeouts. What exactly is he going to do? I think it was Tim McManus asked, well, then what does that leave to you coach? And he came up with some half-baked answer. Um, We'll see. He is building the culture. Getting the players to play hard and smart for him as head coach is the thing that he has to do next year, and you're right, we'll probably know pretty early on whether it's going to work or
3: not. Yeah, one and two start, one and three start, and Yikes. you may be looking, you know, yeah. <laughs> somewhere else. Um, uh, let me give people the numbers, 215-592-9494. We're going to get into the next segment, because I want to be able to spend more time on it, the the hiring of new defensive coordinator Vic Fangio. I will tell you, I don't like it. I know a lot of people are excited about it I'll explain to you then why I don't but they are going to hire an offensive coordinator and let me let me run this thought by you this might be an attractive job for an offensive coordinator first of all because you get to work with Jalen Hurts you know a young quarterback who is coming off a bit of a down season compared to what he had the year before but has all kinds of talent um and you still have a line that's not as good as it used to be. And if you lose Kelsey, it's going down. But still a very good line. And you have some offensive weapons there, clearly. You still have Brown, who, I hope, uh, and you still have Smith, and you still have Goddard. And so you, you have that. Plus, you have the head coach saying, and the, and Howie Roseman saying, it's not going to be the same offense. The new offensive coordinator is going to get to use his offense. He's going to get to bring new ideas, call the plays. So he gets the chance for extreme success or failure. He could bomb out. Sure. But to me, excuse me, it's the kind of job where somebody can come in, and if he does well, well, guess what? You lose him a year after because he becomes a head coach. I think it's good opportunity. Can I
4: I comment on that, Glenn?
3: Yeah. Because I heard a lot of that this week, WIP
4: call his host and everything else. If you're scared, get a dog. I'll borrow a phrase from our friend Howard oh, Eskowitz. Well, right you, you, you can use his words. Uh, yeah, I will. Um, stop it, please. What do you what, want? I, do you do You want to get, me- get a mediocre coordinator? Oh, no. You so don't, don't think that's what I'm saying, do you? Yeah, no. Well, you, you said it, but I I don't think you meant it the way other No, I'm not afraid do. of it. I'm just yeah. saying
3: if you're that guy, if you're that young offensive coordinator, this is an opportunity, and you know what can come out of it. Right, but then you've said – and, oh, by the way, he'll be getting a head coaching job well, the year yeah. after.
4: Well, th- who cares? I don't care. Well, no, Come in, kick some ass here in Philadelphia, and then let the chips fall where they may thereafter. Don't give me a mediocre guy. Hey, he could I'm be here for I'm not saying other than what you're saying.
3: I'm not saying other than that.
4: Okay. But I'm I just hear saying a lot that... of people say that this week. Oh, we can't hire him because oh, no, no, he's no. just going to get a job the following
3: year as No, head coach. no, 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 no. That's I'm just idiotic. I'm just saying if you're that guy, this is what makes it a good opportunity for you.
4: Yes, correct. That's what I'm saying. Yes, 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 yes.
3: Okay. So I think it's a good job for an a offense coordinator. I don't know about Kellen Moore. I know that's that's a guy. I, who else are they looking at?
4: Oh, I'll give you the guy I want. I don't okay. think they've talked to him yet, but I want to go to get another – from Buffalo to Philadelphia transplant. It worked 35 years ago with Glenn Macnow. It could work again. <laughs> I can't believe that yeah. the Buffalo Bills are making Joe Brady interview for his job. He's yeah, I was in, surprised by that. He's the interim uh, offensive coordinator because he took over midseason. They ripped off six in a row. Uh yeah. before they lost the oh, yeah. game they
3: they were they were in a bad slump he came in he immediately invigorated the offense
4: much improved all right yeah Mahomes beat him again but Mahomes beats everybody yeah, it's, it's in a Buffalo Bills uniform Joe Brady no different than anybody else the fact that they didn't just hand him the job on a platter when the season was over and done with have an announcement the day after we've signed Joe Brady to a contract to, to be the full-time offensive coordinator he's the guy I want and he, he, he went and talked to another team too he didn't just interview with Buffalo. He's been out there talking to another team. I call him immediately. Yeah. I think he, he did what he did with Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are similar type quarterbacks. Yeah, I'd get him in here ASAP. He's my number one choice. There's a couple of guys I like, some I don't want. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, no thank no, you, no, no way, no how. No. But uh, I, I need another Buffalo transplant into Philadelphia with Joe Brady.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with that. I could show 'em around. Uh let's grab a phone call or two here. You know the issues, everybody. And we will I we'll get into the defense coordinator in the next segment. Uh John in Young starts us. Hey, John. Hey, what's up guys? Jody, do, do me a favor.
6: What's over and under on the shots of Taylor Swift tomorrow
3: during the game? Oh geez, at least uh
4: six. Six and a half. So you gotta get uh, seven. Hey,
3: hey. Yeah. Is there a betting line on that or what? I
4: don't know. I'm hey, sure
3: there is I'm inventive, sure
6: there inventive is will we'll
4: have that, yes.
6: <laughs> yeah, the one thing I think on the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, I think they should try to get someone from college because I think Jalen Hurts is more like a college player RPO type offense because he's not your classic type drop back quarterback.
3: Mm, I don't I it would not bother me if they did, but I'm I, I don't need that. I I hear your point. I think there are some really good people out there that I don't I don't need to go that way.
6: You know, on defense, um, I've been looking at some mock drafts. What do you think about Jeremiah Trotter Jr.? I know it'll be a big hit in Philly, but I don't think they'll yeah.
5: put a, a first Howie, pick on him. How
4: he basically put the kibosh on a first-round pick on a linebacker, and Trotter's going to go in the first round. So, if he falls to the second, then, yeah, I would love him, and the Eagles got a couple second-round picks. I don't think they're going to use that first-round pick on a linebacker. They, By the way, they, okay.
3: uh, hold on. The over um, – you go <laughs> ahead. Make your next point. I'm, I'm thinking I've found the over-under. Yeah. No, nah, I'm all done with my points. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we will see if we can find that for you, but I'm not I'm not seeing it now. Jody, the last time the Eagles drafted a linebacker in the first round, nineteen seventy eight. It's the only time we mention Jerry Robinson's yeah. <laughs>
4: name. Jerry's got to be happy for it because he is uh, brought back up. Uh, there are other guys that the Eagles drafted in 1978. I couldn't tell you who any of them are. I wouldn't know uh, one if he punched me in the mouth. Chances
3: are. But Jerry Robinson, everybody knows because that's the last
4: time the Eagles took a linebacker in the first round. Yeah.
3: By the way, you know, he, he mentioned Taylor Swift. And, and I, I get calls when I'm with you and when I'm with Mike. And they like, well, there's Joe Taylor Swift, blah, blah, blah. They put out a, a number recently that uh, early indications suggest that the number, the percentage of women watching NFL games, went up nine percent this year. Now, I don't think Taylor Swift is is all of that, but I would argue that Taylor Swift is probably it's some a of chunk that. of it. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's like, as much as as much as some guys we know may want to complain about it, the NFL is doing just fine with Taylor Swift. Done by Matt, to me. Bothers some people doesn't bother me a little doesn't bother, bit. Doesn't mind what do I what do I care It's I care. It's, it's
4: a six second cutaway to a, yes. a break. Does it change the outcome of the game? Does it in in interfere with your ability to watch the game? Not at all.
3: No. Matthew and deford's on ninety four WIP.
6: Yeah, what's going on, fellas? Hey Matthew. <laughs>
3: yeah,
6: um I'm trying to hold on, I'm trying to get you off speaker. Can you okay. hear me now? Gotcha. Yeah, we got you. All right, all right. Two quick points on uh, TV, real quick, again. Uh, I know you guys are Netflix guys. Griselda,
3: mm-hmm.
6: I finished that. It's, it's okay, but she was a lot more ruthless.
3: Which Which show did you say I missed it? Griselda on Netflix. I know. You- oh I know. yeah, you know I heard good things about that. You think it's just okay?
6: Yeah, It's just okay, but it's only six hours, six episodes, so you can bang it out real quick. It's okay. okay. But listen, Glenn, this is what you got to see. It's a movie called The Iron Claw with. Uh, Zach Efron in it. Oh, yeah. And he played, uh, you got to see this movie. It's unbe- it's a true story, and it's right. unbelievable. And, and it's, it's on beat, Netflix? Beat, it's beat. No, it's not on Netflix. It's in the theaters. It's been
3: out for around oh, four in weeks. the theater. Okay.
6: But Ooh. you you got to see that movie. you got to wow, see that i go movie. to a theater, right. I
3: don't know when I have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All
6: right, Eagle's point. Listen, man, like, to me, the whole Sirianni thing, whether he should have got fired or stayed, it really didn't matter to me because, and I know you guys don't like to swear, but he's a puppet coach. We saw it in the, in the interview. I mean, in the, in the press conference. He's just a puppet. He's been stripped of all his power, basically. And the offensive coordinator, whoever they bring in, he's going to run the offense. And the defense coordinator is going to run the defense. And he's really not going to have input. You heard him. He said, oh, I might pop into the defensive meeting one time. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, we know you have no power. So it's like he could have stayed. Here. Or, or go, but that's what they want. They want a puppet, and Chick Kelly threw them over on that.
4: That's why we're stuck. Jody, you agreeing with us? With. Yeah, to a point. Um, Thanks, Matthew. Here's, here's where I would agree. Those that were, and and uh, we listened to this for the better part of two weeks, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick to come here, Bill Belichick, Jeffrey Lurie, if he can't own the Patriots, he gets the greatest coach and he wins it. There was no chance of Bill Belichick ever coming here. Because Bill Belichick was going to come in here and they were going to have to secede power to him. And Howie and Jeffrey don't like to do that. So is Sirianni a guy who they can control and is very malleable? Oh, yeah. And if they had fired Sirianni, they would have hired a Sirianni-like replacement, a guy who had never coached before and was going to uh, do what the powers that be wanted him to do. So do I think Sirianni's uh, puppet status help him keep his job? I surely do.
3: By the way, how do you think Belichick's going to do in his new job? Oh, he didn't what, get. Where, where's
4: his podcast going to be? Is he going to be doing a podcast? <laughs> I mean,
3: I'm sure he'll end up doing network TV and getting paid for it. But we'll get this in later because I got to. We got to hit a break. But uh, nothing, not that Atlanta thing did not happen. How about nope. that? Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's give you some of the rundown. Eleven o'clock, we're going to talk to our pal Derek Gunn, who knows the Eagles as well as anybody. Noon, we're going to talk to Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, gets kind of a league perspective, both the Eagles and look at some of the games. We will get some Flyers and some Sixers in. Jody, I'd love to get some Phillies hot stove. As I said, when it gets turned on, waiting for that. Yeah, the... I
4: was I was on the other night. Um, I, I was having Scotty Lauber come on. And just he was going to join me at eleven o'clock, like nine fifty-five. I was just uh, writing him out a text that would double check. him will be on eleven o'clock. Reese Hoskins signed with yeah. the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, it the- happened late at night, so very rarely do I get breaking news on my nighttime shows here on WIP. But that was the case. Yeah, it kinda of bums me out.
3: Recent yeah, my it's, favorite it's Very slow, very slow season. We'll we'll get into all of it and we'll take your calls as well. Jody McDonald, Glenn now on ninety four WIP. Glenn now, Jody McDonald, ninety four WIP. We'll get back to the phones in a couple of minutes. Uh a little bit of Jody, you said you wait for breaking news, breaking baseball news when you're on the air. Well, we just got some. Really? Yeah, and you're not gonna like it at all. Uh-oh. So Ben Kenny, take it
0: away. Should I play a sounder? Or does that not qualify? Well,
3: no, it's not.
0: Um, no. Jeff Passan of ESPN and others reporting that Hector Neris, right-handed reliever, has signed a one-year, nine million dollar contract with the Chicago Cubs.
4: Ooh! Did you and I talk about this last week? When I we threw talked out about Hector's Neris
3: name? many times over the winter as a guy that you okay. really would like him to sign, and I said, "Yeah, I agree." Damn! And by the way, nine million for Neris? I would have paid that.
4: Yeah, that's not outrageous. Setup slash closer guy and a lot of teams. I can name one, Philadelphia Phillies, who yeah. don't
3: always go with
4: a designated closer and expect the guy to get forty saves. So we know it wouldn't be a problem with the way the manager of this team uses its bullpen. So Hector the protector was a guy I wanted back. I'm bummed that he's going to the Cubs.
3: Yeah, he'll be in Wrigley. Uh and I saw a piece yesterday, I forget it was the inquirer if it was Todd Zelecki, but Suggesting that they're really thinking that Orion Kirkering, and I'm sure I said it wrong, is going to step up and fill much of the closer role. So we, as as a former and current partner of mine, has often said, we shall see what we shall see.
4: Can I draw a parallel for you, Glenn?
3: Yeah.
4: Orion Kirkering and the Kobe Dean.
3: Oh, How no. he
4: went to great lengths the oh, other yeah. day to yeah. talk up N'Kobe Dean when uh, he's he was got talking about the linebackers. And you should know, because I know we've discussed it plenty of times, I loved when the Eagles got N'Kobe Dean. To get mm-hmm. him in the third round. I remember being on the air when the draft was ongoing, CBS, whatever, and uh, when he was available in the second round, I'm tweeting out, they, the Eagles should actually absolutely take him. Dean. Dean's still available here in the second round. Perfect pick for the Eagles. They pass. I'm ticked. We get to the third round, he's still sitting there, and the Eagles take him in the third. I loved him coming out, loved him coming out of college. The Eagles got their middle linebacker for the next six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. And over two years, N'Kobe Dean has done next to nothing. Now, yeah. I'll I'll cut him some slack for year one, because they just decided we got two good linebackers and we're never taking him off the field. And I think they did him a disservice by playing him as little as they did, but he gets the job this year and is going to be the man. When he played, he didn't wow anybody, and he more often didn't play than played because of injuries. So that's kind of a – I still like it. I still believe in the player, but they put a whole lot of eggs in this basket, and if the Phillies are putting their back into the bullpen eggs in Orion Kirkering's basket with as little as he's done so far in his major league career – It's optimistic, maybe overly optimistic.
3: Well, if um, that young linebacker is going to do well, he's going to do it under a new defensive coordinator because the Sean Desai-Matt Patricia debacle is officially over. They bring in Vic Fangio, who, if you remember, they actually wanted to sign a year ago here, and it became the whole kerfuffle uh, with Jonathan Gannon. By the way, number one Phillies fan, it turns out. Who knew? Is Vic Fangio, yeah. He's, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I didn't know that, which is kind of nice. So I got a couple thoughts. He certainly has as good a career resume as anybody in the league. I mean, he's got his own coaching tree, although Sean Desai was on it. He's seen everything. Uh, he's old school, which means the younger players don't always get along with him. There was a piece in the Miami Herald this week, and I'm, I want to play some sound in a moment about uh, this was the quote in the Miami Herald piece. There were rumblings and complaints from different corners throughout the season about Fangio's style, how stubborn and rigid he was, particularly with his refusal early on to blitz more often and his reluctance to have one of his star cornerbacks. They got Jalen Ramsey there and uh, who's the other one? Xavier Howard? Yep. Right? Uh, Shadow, an opponent's top receiver. When he left, several Miami Dolphins went to social media to post smile emojis. Um, and there was some, according to sources, some headbutting between he and head coach Mike McDaniel. This is a this is a quote from our old pal Drew Rosenhaus. Not sure who he represents on the Dolphins, but my guess would be Jalen Ramsey or Xavier Howard. This is uh him earlier this week when Fangio left Miami.
7: There were quite a few players on the team that didn't necessarily get along with Fangio. And so it wasn't a great relationship with many of the players. There were some guys that loved him, but there was quite a few that didn't. It definitely wasn't a unanimous
2: positive relationship.
3: All right. His numbers were good in Miami, Jody. Um, Excuse me. In the year he was there, the Dolphins improved from 18th in total defense to 10th. From 27 to 15, then pass defense. They held the Bills' offense to 14 points in the season finale. They did well against the Chiefs in the playoff game up until the fourth quarter. Um, What's what's your thoughts? My first thought is
4: I don't care what Drew Rosenhaus says. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Just don't care. Do you care
3: Uh, if players don't like him?
4: Well, we were talking earlier about trust and knowing what is true and what is not true, and I don't trust anything. that Drew House real okay. so I don't those know smiley if, emojis. Here's here's the one thing that I will say: I'm not surprised that he didn't get along with uh, Mike McDaniel's, because McDaniel's is his old uh, new school, is as Fangio is old school. So I thought it was kind of a strange marriage, maybe opposite to track, and it bounces out, but apparently it didn't because they were ready to move on. They let just let him walk away. Oh, you got years to go on your contract? Yeah, Vic, go wherever you want. Just let him out the door. Actions speak much louder than words here. Um, he is the original. If you're going to play a type of defense, you might as well get the master and the creator rather than a photocopy like Sean Desai was. I probably have seen enough of the Fangio defense, and if they had gone in a different direction, I would have been more uh, excited about that. Yes. But yes. Th- the fact that the Fangio is the creator of the defense, and if as an organization they still believe that that's the best way to play defense, you might as well get the best of the bunch.
3: Yeah, and I think that's the fatal flaw in this whole thing which is it re- It really doesn't change the Eagles' style of defense, which fans aren't going to love this. it's He's the – you're right. He's the author of the cover, two Two high safeties. Doesn't do particularly well against the run. It's designed to work against, you know, star quarterbacks like Mahomes and Josh Allen and, back in the day, Russell Wilson because you have more people drop into coverage and it allows the defense to switch up its look and presumably confuse the quarterback to make more reads and – You know, the upside to two high safety coverage is it, until we've heard this before, it prevents the big play. It prevents the splash play. The downside is you can run on it all day. You can go underneath it. And in recent years, it seems, and by the way, some of this genius, I will tell you, I got, because I sat next to Ray Dinger for two hours yesterday and talked about this. (laughs) Um, So some of, and, and he's not delighted about this either, is that it's, it's. Offensives have kind of caught on. They've kind of adapted to it. They've realized how to play effectively against it, which again is just thrown underneath all day long. So I would have liked something. I have. <laughs> I am not somebody to to uh, have an ageist position. That would not work well for me. But I would like somebody newer and fresher with new, newer ideas. Um so that's, we, that's my feeling on it. We had
4: a caller in the first segment who said for offensive coordinator he wanted a college guy. And, no, there, there's, there's some good candidates who are, have NFL experience that I would prefer at this time. But my number one choice for defensive coordinator would have been a college guy. I would love to see them get Minter from Michigan.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: And they, the Harbaugh leaves, and they did what I thought they'd do. <coughs> they promoted Sean Moore, who did a good job filling in when Harbaugh was on suspension this yeah. year. They, they really owed the guy the job, and they gave it to him as they should have. But if you're Minter and you just had the best defense in all of college football, and your coach leaves and you don't get the gig – yeah, you should be looking. You should be looking to go elsewhere and talk about new and talk about fresh. He would have been that. But Fangio became available. And wasn't it amazing, Glenn, that in less than 24 hours after he was let out of his contract by the Miami Dolphins, the Eagles are ready to uh, announce that he is their new coordinator. Tampering much?
3: Uh, yeah, I think that uh, this was a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Terry and Voorhees is with us. Hello, Terry. Guys, how are you today? Happy Saturday. Thank you. You too.
7: Listen, my question to you guys, I I watched the same thing you did those last few games and the opposing D.C.'s just licking their chops, blitzing us time and time again. My question is, we always hear and we always talk about how great Stoutland is as a position coach. Where is his level of accountability and culpability in picking up that blitz
4: from that offensive line. Yeah, and he's the quote-unquote running game coordinator. And this year the Eagles had uh, exactly four backs on the roster, none of which were any good at picking up blitzes. So that's the coaching. That's how we too, that they put together a team that didn't have one guy that could pick up a blitz as a uh, stay-in running back. Uh, yeah, Stoutland deserves some grief for that. I'm not going to argue that with you. Yeah. I agree. All right. He didn't have his All best right. year.
7: Yeah, I just, you know, it just seems to me, uh, you guys are saying it, everybody's saying it. There's a breakdown. None of us are inside that locker room, but there sure seems to be a lot of it going around.
3: There is. And, you know, with Stalin, I'll, I'll go on his career track record and not panic about that. Everybody had a bad year. A lot of people had worse than him, but is or his as you or Jody said, his hands are in it. There's no question about it. We'll get more calls coming up. We'll work in some of the other teams as well. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Hey, if the cold weather has you thinking it's finally time to replace those old drafting windows and doors, there is no better time than now to make your home more energy efficient while taking advantage of Guida's big winter sale. The great people at Guida Door and Window, they're extending the big winter sale through January by offering 40% off every window and door you buy. Yep. You receive 40% off each expertly installed, energy-efficient replacement window, which also includes free, high-performance, low-E glass. And if you're in need of a new door, you receive 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And you can take advantage of Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans to get your project started with no money out of pocket. Offers for a limited time only, so you must act quickly. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven Go or visit them at goguida.com. dot com. That's Go G U I D A dot com. McDonald, Glenn Macnam, Mike Sealski has two day off. Uh, we're going to be talking to Derek Gunn at the top of the hour, uh, Jody, Before we go back to the phones, just. We said we'd work on the other franchises. Uh, let's a uh, little Flyers uh, chatter here. Yeah, what's up with your Fly guys? Yeah, fun season uh, is the bubble bursting? I don't know. Mini slump, I don't know. Uh, but uh, listen, they're, 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 we don't expect them to be great. But lots of news. Uh, they signed Owen Tippett to an eight-year deal, just under fifty million dollars. Uh, listen, he's twenty-four. He's got good upside as a, as a thirty goal kind of guy. Great moves, real good skills. Remember, they got him in the Giroux deal with Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen. I signing anybody that long to me is a risk. But is, I think it's a commitment to the. Can you explain
4: the, that to me? Uh, what, um, you're, why it's you're a You're the risk? hockey guy of the two. No, eight years.
3: Yeah, it's a lot.
4: what what? what? The I would, NBA I would try has to a max York. number of years you can sign a guy, the max number, the yeah. max amount, the max number of years. But hockey, you can sign a guy out for like a lifetime contract. Oh, yeah, sure. And, and that's the going rate for a guy you really want to lock in eight years. Why eight years?
3: You mean why that long? Yeah. Uh, because I think they believe that uh, over time that the money will seem a bargain. Okay. At which point he'll probably renegotiate and get more money. I, I was. I don't say, know. They please, want to lock down a good player for a long time. I don't. I don't like the. I don't like the length. I will be honest. I don't like. Right. I like the guy. I like having him stay here. I thought it's 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 longer than I would have wanted to go.
4: Same exact. Yeah. You and I see this exactly the yeah. same. Yeah. I got no. I like the player. I got no problem. The average per year value, but I'd really love to know the guy who's in the league who's on the seventh year of his eight year contract where you go. Wow, and they got him locked up for another year thereafter. And what a bargain. I, I don't know who that guy
3: is. No, and with the Flyers, it's bit him in the rear end before. Yeah. It, they they they, they've, they've, they went through this in the last bad administration. I know, I know. Uh, alumni game last night, which I, I was told, if anybody went, I'd love to hear a report. I, I went to the last one, whatever it was, nine ten years ago, which is a blast. Uh, and today, Mark Recchi will become the 28th player or the 28th member of the Flyers Hall of Fame. Mark Recchi, Jody, holds the Flyers' record for single-season points. Right, not Bob Clark, not Bill Barber, not Lindros or Kerr or Prop, It's Mark Recchi. I was always
4: a wrecking ball fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, even though you think of him as a guy who. Who played for several different organizations? If you're a Flyer fan, then you think of him as a Flyer. If you're a fan, you think of him as a Bruin. He, he was one of those guys that he didn't spend enough continuous time in one place. You go, yeah, but he's a blank. I'll will t- take claim for him because you can argue had uh, several other teams, but I'll take him take him as a Flyer, and he absolutely belongs in the Hall of Fame. His style of play, removed from Broad Street Bully certainly, but had a little edge to it. And skilled and tough. Uh, he is a prototypic flyer in my mind.
3: Yeah, hard worker. Hard work, hard yep. work. He he was that guy. He he never took a shift off. Uh, they could have used him last night, the offense, as they got shut out by Detroit, their fourth loss in we said. They played the Bruins today, another one of recce's old teams, uh, 1230 today. All right, and the last thing about this is you asked me last week, I think we were discussing who's going to go be the goalie in the playoffs. Uh, and let's assume they get it all back together and get to the playoffs. And you made a case for Sam Erson mm-hmm. And, well, your case may have become a little stronger because Carter Hart is on a leave of absence. I want to read this carefully so I say it correctly. Carter Hart is among five players who were on the 2018 Canada World Junior Ice Hockey men's team, granted indefinite leaves of absence from their current teams in the last week. Amid a report of a sexual assault investigation. Uh, The Globe and Mail, which is a Toronto newspaper, reported this week that those five players were told to surrender to Ontario police. But that no charges have been filed yet. And we we will see how that plays out. I I obviously don't want to comment on the case, except uh, Carter Hart will be taking a leave of absence during this time.
4: And that kind of aligns with the Flyers falling into the slump that they're on and having watched all the games. Sam Herson was playing better when he was 1A. Now mm. that he's won, hasn't been as good. Now, I'm not saying he is the main reason that the Flyers have hit this funk. He's been a contributor with uh, not as high play as he had been showing. I'd blame it more on their inability to score goals. But... um there is something to be said for being able to rise to the moment, and this is a moment for Sam Erson because he knows that Carthart's going to be gone for a period of time. We'll see if he's up to the task.
3: yeah, and we'll see if they can pull out of the slump starting today. Let's talk to Tom in Downingtown. You're on ninety four wIP with Glenn and Jody. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good, Good, Tom um
8: so I have two points one flyers one Philly excuse me one uh, Eagles and one Phillies. Um, On the Eagles, I don't think it's going to matter who you bring in to be the defensive coordinator. Um, To terribly paraphrase something Bill Parcells said years ago, if I'm sitting in a restaurant and I get served a meal with moldy, rotten food, the chef bears some responsibility, but I'm really mad at the guy who shopped for the groceries. And this still comes back to Howie. You know, I understand there were injuries this year. But you know, if Howie's the one making the picks and devaluing linebackers and secondary, nothing's going to change.
3: Yeah, they got to switch that next year.
8: Yeah, now, your um, moldy the-
3: food thing cost me my appetite for lunch. But point, <laughs> but but, but, I'm but sorry. the bottom. <laughs> no, you're okay. I mean, listen, they have had this organizational philosophy for a long time. There were years when it served them well. But this year they clearly went to the extreme of not investing in linebackers and safeties, and their cornerbacks got old, and um, their Josh Sweat forgot how to rush a passer. I mean, there's a lot of things, but they got to get some linebackers next year and some better safeties. You're
8: 100%. Yeah. Um, On the Phillies, um, and specifically J-Roll, I'm really upset that he's not getting any serious consideration for the Hall. Uh, when I when I look at Hall of Fame uh, candidates, I'm one of the guys who looks at, you know, comparing them to other players who are in the Hall, who, um, you know, played their position and what are their stats compared to the uh, Hall of Famers stats. And and when I look at J-Roll's stats, um, I know he doesn't have the defensive stats of someone like Ozzy Smith, who is one of the best defensive shortstops to ever play the game. But he's right up there against Ozzy, if not better, with offensive stats. And J. Roll was no slouch at shortstop. And he compares. You undervalued well him sides. at
3: shortstop. He won gold gloves at shortstop. Yeah. Exact,
8: exactly. Exactly. I mean, he didn't win, win as many as Ozzy, but, you know, he's a league MVP. He won a World Series, uh, Silver Slugger Awards. Um, and he also compares very favorably with someone like Phil Rizzuto, who, you know, didn't play as long and had the benefit of playing on, you know, the Yankees when they were winning World Series every year. But it just upsets me that, you know, he's not really getting any serious all right, consideration.
3: I'm going to help you make your argument, and I'm going to see what Jody feels. First of all, Jody, how do you feel about Jimmy Rollins as a Hall of Famer?
4: I think he is a Hall of Famer. But okay. I think our caller didn't do a great job of making the case for him because those are two guys you don't want to compare Jimmy Rollins to. Phil Rizzuto is 50 years ago. And the game is different, and the numbers are different, and yeah. uh, he's not the guy you want to compare him to. And Ozzie Smith is a unicorn. He, no one compares to Ozzie Smith. He was so great defensively that he gets in on his glove alone, and I don't care how many uh, gold gloves Jimmy won, he doesn't compare to Ozzie Smith because no one compares to Ozzie Smith. So I wouldn't use him as a comp guy if that's what you're making your argument for, for Jimmy Rollins. Those two yeah. guys, to me, are virtually irrelevant. Here's
3: how I'll help you make your argument, okay? Uh, All-time among all of the shortstops in the Hall of Fame, Jimmy Rollins would be 7th in runs, 6th in doubles, 8th in triples, 6th in home runs, 7th in steals, Uh, and to me, that's a pretty good argument, And, and, and he won multiple gold gloves, and an MVP, and was one of the two or three key parts of a championship team and a team that was good for a long time. Jody that defines a hall of famer in a man.
4: Does for me. And yeah. I've said it uh, many times here on the air and WIP. He gets my vote. If I got a vote, he would have gotten it the first time he was up and he get it every time during the 10 years until the, uh his uh, candidacy runs out and then you have to hope he gets in via the committees thereafter. He's a Hall of Famer in my eyes. And I did some research on this this week on because it came up and he only didn't even get 20% again. You know what I think is one of the things that's hurt him? And it's, at least from my perspective, foolish. He only made a couple of all-star teams. Now, Jimmy Rollins was a second-half player. You realize that the year he won the MVP, he didn't make the all-star team? Is that right? Yes. So he wasn't good enough to be an all-star. But he's good enough to be the MVP of the damn league. So he's a second half player. He's a when the games count more, he plays better kind of player. And I don't know how much any Hall of Fame voter puts stock in All Star game appearances, but he comes up short in that aspect. But so many others, he absolutely checks the Hall of Fame boxers. He'd get my vote.
3: Four gold gloves. Uh, yeah, I'm looking here. How about that? He he only did make three all-star teams, but whatever. He led the league in runs. He re- led the league in triples four times. He led the league in stolen bases. I mean, he was, uh, the thing, the thing that works against him is, and, and it's going to drive you nuts as it does me. His OPS plus yeah. is below average. The newfangled stats. The newfangled stat, and that's what kills him. And it's what's going to ultimately; um, those newfangled stats are going to get Utley in eventually. Utley will get in. Utley got what, like thirty something percent to start. No, he fell fell down under thirty. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah,
4: twi- I think he doubled Jimmy because I think Jimmy was fourteen and change. I think he was twenty eight. Okay. So he did, but double I think, Jimmy, he, but he was it, up in the forties and yeah. he came back down into the twenties.
3: Yeah, I think he'll get in, uh, and I think Jimmy will not, and I think the you know what it is? Uh, well, you know, I, Before I worked here, I was in Detroit with Whitaker and Trammell all those years. Trammell got in, Whitaker didn't. Makes no sense. It's the same thing. Uh, if one goes in, they both deserve to go in. All
4: right, yeah, coming see, up. I, talk- I, and I think the exact opposite. I think Jimmy should be in and Chase is just out, and I didn't have a problem with Detroit. I think Trammell was in, and Whitaker was just out. It's mm. a fine line. They're both so close. The comp is great. You are 100% accurate on the comp of those two uh, keystone combinations. But I don't have a problem splitting them because I think they both do fall right on the cutting line with one in
3: and one out. All right. Coming up, we'll talk to our pal Derek Gunn next. And take your calls also, 215-592-9494. Along with Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn now on 94WIP. All righty, then. <laughs> Along with Jody McDonnell, I'm Glenn Macnow, Saturday morning. We are pleased to be joined by our pal, Derek Gunn. Follow him on Twitter at Real D Gunn. He is a co-host uh, on Jacob Sports, where you will find Jody, and also bills himself as Wisconsin's finest real bass fisherman. Well, <laughs> I've heard rumors. I've never seen direct evidence. Still waiting for that invite to head down to Delaware for a fish fry. But meanwhile, let's chat some eagles. Derek? How are you this morning? Good. How are you guys doing today? We're all right. We are okay. Pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Um, I'm going to ask you the question I asked Jody when we went on the air. Is there anything that occurred on Wednesday at the news conference or afterward that makes you feel more confident about um, the Eagles succeeding next year, about this head coach kind of getting it back? Um. No. The conference was
9: very vague as we expected. It was orchestrated as we expected. Uh, Both Howie and Nick did an excellent job of telling you exactly uh, absolutely nothing in terms of uh, what their strategy is for the future, but I would not expect anything less from them. They're not going to tip their hands because I think they're still trying to figure it out. Now, obviously, they went out and got Vic Fangio right away, who has some history with the team from uh, earlier in the year, Um, but you know, you can make all the changes you want and, and it make it look good on paper. But as we witnessed, uh, it doesn't necessarily apply to actual theory when it comes to executing on the field. It looked good for a while last year, and then it fizzled in a hurry, and they could not stop the reeling out of control. Um, I, I will say this, and I said this on Jody and, and John McMullen's show yesterday. You know, I know a lot of people out there, you know, from the latter part of the season during the off season fire everybody, including Nick Sirianni. Um, I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form they brought him back. Very few coaches take a team to the playoffs in their first three years as a head coach in the National Football League. Um, and I also said, you know, if you fire everybody, including Nick, you have to be careful who you bring in. Even if you brought a big name in, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate into immediate success. You could end up with another Adam Gase, uh, a, a Josh McDaniels, a, an Everfluous in Chicago. You have to be careful in that regard. So I applaud the Eagles for admitting they made mistakes in terms of who they hired on both coordinating positions, and they rectified the problems immediately. Um, We see too many teams that go through a a spell like this and will bring back the staff in its entirety the next year, and they have the same problem. But the Eagles decided um, we made a mistake, and they're trying to fix those problems. Now, I do like the fact that they're bringing in at least on one side of the ball Someone who I said has that John Wayne true grit, you know, he's not afraid to speak his mind. Um, he's he's has his own ideas, and the coaching staff and Howie Roseman and Jeffrey have to let him do his thing to implement his style of defense and ideology with the with the players, the existing players, and whatever new players are coming in. Same way on the offensive side, you know, even if they're running Nick Sirianni's offense, you have to let that OC come in here and put his own ideas into place as well to try to make this thing better and more efficient as it was in 2022.
4: All right, D-Gun, I'm going to run two phrases by you, and they're ones that have been tossed around for the last several weeks, if not month, about this football team. That they quit on Nick or that he lost the locker room. Now, one of the things I appreciate about you is I don't know anybody who covers the team who has as good a relationship with the players and gets them on or off the record to uh, fess up to how they're actually feeling. Do you think either or or both of those things are true, the team quit on Nick or that he lost the locker room?
9: No, I don't think either, Jody, to be honest okay. with you. Um, when this team was 10-1, and one, um, the, if you really look at the, at, the, at the measure with the ice stick, the problems were still there at 10-1. and one. The difference was the ball just bounced their way. And as the season wore on, teams' opponents started doing a better job of identifying how to attack this team. They weren't a dominant team when they were 10-1. and When you look at a lot of the wins they acquired to achieve that 10-1 and goal, and then all of a sudden the bottom fell out. I do think Jalen Carter hit that, hit that wall, that proverbial wall for a rookie. Uh, Jordan Davis never e- expedited his play level uh, that we thought he would. And then, of course, the multitude of injuries, especially in the back end, They were playing with with different combinations on the back end for much of the latter half of the season. And I think the ball started bouncing against them uh, down the stretch. Um, You you know, when when things start spiraling out of control, um, it's like you just can't stop it. And when you lose back-to-back games the way they did to both Arizona and to the Giants, that's a telltale sign that this team was basically worn out. I do believe that gauntlet of games – that they had to go through that six-game stretch physically, mentally, emotionally wore them out. I do not think they quit on him. I do not believe Nick Sirianni lost the locker room. Everybody I talked to, they believe in Nick. The players like Nick Sirianni. You know, they will play for Nick Sirianni. Um, it just, it just they hit that proverbial wall, and injuries took his toll, and they could not stop the spiraling out of control.
3: Well, so do d- you, Derek, on astute football <laughs> uh, authority as you are come away from Wednesday, and I don't want to place too much just on that, but come away from the end of the season thinking, okay, Jeff Laurie, Howie Roseman, this makes sense. Nick should be able to get it back next year. They will be able to rebound. Is there anything you saw that makes you believe Nick will be able to turn it around? Uh,
9: Yes. I think because uh, on the offensive side, they have the nucleus coming back again. Even if Kelsey's not coming back, They still have the offensive nucleus to do a lot of damage in the National Football League, to still be one of the top ten offenses in the National Football League. The interesting aspect is going to be what pieces are they going to try to add to the equation this offseason, either by way of free agency or the draft or a combination of the two. I do believe they need to get a better slot receiver in there. They do need to get a little bit more speed at the receiving position as well. Uh, on, On the defensive side, they're going to have to make some tough decisions especially when it comes to identifying better linebacking play. Um, I'm still a big fan of Nicobe Dean, but I said, if you guys might remember, I said from the outset, I thought Nicobe Dean was too light in the backside to be playing in the middle. I think he would be a more effective linebacker if he was playing on that weak side because of his speed and his quickness off the ball. Now, how he holds up against run plays to that side of the field remains to be seen. But if he can stay healthy, I think he's much more effective on the outside. I think they're going to have to they're going to have to tweak the secondary a little bit. Uh, a lot of those kids on the back end, the Sidney Browns, the Keeley Ringos, and those guys, uh, Eli Ricks, got a lot of valuable experience out of necessity. Um, how much will they grow up? Because I do believe they all have the talent to succeed in the National Football League. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. When you compare them to the Kansas City Chiefs. You look at the year Kansas City beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. They played with a bunch of kids on the back end. What happened during the course of the regular season? Those kids had to learn. They had to grow. They were getting beat more than they should have. But Spagnola never stopped this style of aggressive play. And once they got to the latter part of the season and the playoffs, those kids grew up and they were able to hold their own. And I, I think this coming year, these young players for the Eagles on the back end, uh, does it mean getting rid of Bradberry Does it mean getting rid of a Slay? One or both? It could be the case. At least one of them will not be back in 2024, which means one of these young kids are going to have to assume the role. And it also depends on what they draft or pick up in free agency. But they've got to stop this quick fix because it, it works in, to some degrees. But you know, it, it worked okay with Linville Joseph and, and Andamika and Sue for a while. But it did not work with Robert Quinn. It did no. not work with Byard. It did not work with Robey. You have to be careful how you go about that as well. You have to identify people that you're going to have here more than just for one season. Um, And if the Eagles can rectify those problems and build that nucleus from there, I just still think on paper, they have the nucleus across the board to be a very competitive team and a playoff team in 24.
4: D-Gunn, I gave you a couple of uh, quotes that have been thrown around, uh, phrases that have been thrown around the last couple weeks. I'm going to give you one word that was thrown around by the coach the other day in his press conference, and that's mesh. He talked at length about what the offense is going to look like going forward. He is famous for being on the record. It doesn't matter who's calling the play, Shane Steichen, Brian Johnson, Howie Roseman, Big Dom, it's my offense. It's the Nick Sirianni offense. Somebody may be calling, but it's my offense. After the other day, it's no longer his offense. It's our offense. So they want to bring in someone from the outside, someone with fresh ideas, not stale ideas, fresh ideas, but they're going to mesh that with what's worked for them the last couple of days, uh, last couple of years. How difficult a task is that going to be? to find the right guy with fresh ideas but have the balance to give him his uh, offense and let him do it as much as he wants as long as he's willing to mesh in what is the best parts of, quote-unquote, Nick's offense. How tough is that going to be with the guy they hire?
9: I don't think it's going to be tough. If they get the right guy, when you look at the offensive possibilities out there, if they get the right guy, I don't think it's going to be that difficult because okay. you will be able to implement his offense from April, May, June, through training camp it's identifying how to utilize the talents to the best of their ability whether it's the running backs whether it's the wide receivers the offensive line will hold its own it's getting the skill position players uh to buy into whatever they're going to do the good thing is the basic concepts are already in place they've been in place for three years the the other aspect of it is they're going to have to implement a new way of thinking with a new O.C. messed with the old way of thinking. But Nick Sirianni has to let whoever comes in here put his signature on his offense and not just tweak Nick Sirianni's offense. He's going to be have, uh, have to be able to integrate his success wherever he comes from with the success that they've had here with the Philadelphia Eagles.
3: Yeah, I like that part, actually. I like the part, and Jody and I talked about this the first hour, that an <laughs> offense coordinator will not be hired to say, okay, here's Nick's uh, you know playbook, go run it he'll be able to do put in some new things. I think it's a good opportunity for that. Um, Derek Gunn, get your crystal ball, please, and tell us what you believe are the futures of Fletcher Cox, uh, Brandon Graham, and Jason Kelsey. Um, I do
9: believe Jason will ride off into the sunset. That's just my feeling. He's been talking about retiring for the last four seasons, and then all of a sudden he comes out that he told his teammates in the locker room that he was done. We had not heard that before in the previous three years, that he had told his teammates he he was done. Now, Jason hasn't come out and said anything yet, and I do believe he wants to pick the right time, whether it's on his own podcast with his brother, whether it's a press conference at the Eagles Care Complex. I think Jason just strategically wants to breathe a little bit, Get away from thinking about football. Enjoy what he's doing now, and then make a. Well, final he is. We, by the
3: way, just to, I'm sorry to butt in. Clearly, yeah. he is enjoying himself these days. We saw yeah, that last no weekend quite. in Buffalo.
9: I mean, the guy's in Buffalo shoveling snow, and he's up there with no shirt on, and the fans immediately identify who he is. Yeah. I mean, he he up he upstaged Taylor Swift.
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he did. he
9: Taylor Swift, you know. Yeah, he
3: did. Drinking beer yeah. out of it or drinking whatever yeah. he's drinking out of a bowling ball, jumping through tables. Yeah. Yep, and the best. It walks down
9: the aisles and people are high-fiving him. You know, in Buffalo's a very hardcore town and people are high-fiving him. Hey, it's Jason Kelsey. Yep. They're high-fiving him in the stands. So he's enjoying himself right now. And I think it's not about the money for Jason. He's left pieces of himself across every football field in National Football League. He stayed with the same team his entire career. He has a Super Bowl ring. He's been to two Super Bowls. There's nothing else left for Jason Kelsey to prove. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. There's no question about that. Brandon Graham, the the thing about Brandon Graham is, how many defensive linemen do you know of that gets to play for the same organization as long as he has? It's not about money with Brandon Graham. The Eagles hold Brandon Graham in the the highest respect you can possibly uh, have. What it comes down to is, Does he fit in Nick Fangio's defense? Does he fit? And it's not about money. The Eagles pay him. Whatever the Eagles pay him, it will fit under the cap. He'll be happy about that. He just wants at least one more season to ride off into the sunset as a Philadelphia Eagle. Fletcher Cox is a little bit different story. They love Fletcher Cox, but is Fletcher Cox the same type of player he was five years ago? No. But can Fletcher Cox still be that effective player in this scheme? If that's the case, they may have to reduce his playing time. Again, depending on – what they decide to add in the offseason by way of free agency or the draft or a combination of the two? Uh, Fletcher Cox to me is a little bit trickier in terms of what the Eagles are thinking about him. They respect him. They love him. He's been here for more than a decade. He has served his organization well. Um, he's been held in the highest regard. Um, I, I'm, so, Jason, I think, this is my own opinion, Jason I think will ride off into the sunset. Um, the Eagles already have and will continue to have discussions with Brandon in terms of, what he means to this organization, and how they can utilize him in his scheme. And Fletcher Cox, to me, I'm on the fence. I'm 50-50 in terms of whether he comes back or continues to uh, continue his career somewhere else.
4: D-Gun, to use your words right off into the sunset, I was pretty much pitch black the end of the Eagles season. You think Jason Kelsey wants to leave on
9: that note? No, not really. But you know what? Every year, Jody, players will tell you, It gets harder and harder to get back up mentally, physically, emotionally, to go through the mini camps, the OTAs, the training camps, the wear and tear on your body, the physical aches and pains you endure uh, along the way. The bottom line, for the position that he plays, Jason Kelsey was able to finish what he started, walked off the field, not injured, no surgery, so on and so forth. So Jason has to decide where is he mentally, physically, emotionally. He's got little kids now. He's enjoying his family. And, and and as Glenn just said, look at how he's enjoying himself. And I fully expect to see him down in Baltimore this week uh, mm-hmm. on a big screen somewhere, enjoying himself with the fans and up in the private box with Taylor and all that stuff, you know, and Patrick Mahomes' family. Uh, Jason may just wake up one day and say, you know what? This is not a bad life. I don't have to have to worry about money again. I don't have to worry about going to mini camps and training camps. And my body can heal from start to finish and all those little aches and pains I've inquired over the last decade plus, uh, we heal a little bit quicker. Uh, so I think that's what it comes down to, to for
3: Jason at this point. And we'll all be at the hall of fame ceremony. So that would be, uh, that'll there be you pretty go. Cool. Derek on it is always a pleasure. When we get to talk to you, I wish you, uh, and I wish your family all the best this year. Uh, peace, harmony, and healthy. Healthiness. Thank, Health. thank
9: you, my friends. Same to All you right. guys, and I uh, appreciate you having me on. Anytime you need me, I'm just a phone
3: call away. Thanks, pal. Be good. Thanks, D, good. Still waiting for that fish fry. Uh, it's coming. I'll have my people call your people. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be looking in my email. Yeah. And, he, and he cooks ribs. I mean, you know, I'm yeah, a good oh, guy. If, if it's
4: a Mac and Mac invite, I'll be eating the ribs. You can eat the fish. I'll do both. You don't, you don't like fish? Not really. I like You'd like t- fish
3: overall. You just don't really I, like fish, fish anything. I fish? like
4: I like tuna with lots of mayo.
3: Yeah, okay, that's, <laughs> that's about the extent of it, Mac man. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah,
4: no, 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 no halibut, no uh, grouper, no. Oh, uh, all salmon. Of that. No, 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 no,
3: no. So you know what I do uh, no. a lot these, these days? It's like I you know I'll cook fish for dinner, right? Either on the grill or inside, sometimes uh, on the cast iron pan. Really? Always make one good size extra piece, Jody. Next morning for breakfast? No. Right? Put that no, thing. Though yeah. I,
4: I I you're gonna turn my stomach the same cheese? way the guy turned your stomach earlier with the moldy meal.
3: Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> no that's fish for bad. breakfast is not uh, oh, uh, an algae a moldy
4: No. Uh, give me the moldy mo- the stuff. Oh, if yeah, it's love moldy fish ribs, breakfast. I'll at least work my oh, way no. through that.
3: Oh yeah, fish for breakfast is a treat. Oh, love no, it. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. What do you eat for no, breakfast? Cereal. Like what? the Kicks and Cocoa Puffs? I haven't had Cocoa Puffs in a while, but
4: <laughs> Kicks, yeah. <laughs> Mostly heart-healthy uh, Cheerios, but okay, yeah, uh, every once in a while, I keep a spare box with something with sugar in it just to put a little on top. I get that.
3: All right, All right, let's get to uh, oh, our our pal Lou in Mount Laurel. How are you, Lou? Glenn, I continue to bend the knee to Glenn Mac now. Oh, you're too kind. Thank you so
2: Glenn, much. I think I had the greatest moment of my life this week. A coworker, a coworker comes in beaming that her daughter is in a show in Swarthmore, sends me the link to the show, and whose handsome face do I see on the cast but yours?
3: All right. All right let me back up a little bit so our audience doesn't all turn the station off. Uh, Jody Mack, I think I told you this, and Lou, I actually uh, I met that uh, lovely woman. Uh, so Jody, I'm going to be in another play. Another uh, one? You
4: got another one lined up, one I
3: right do. after the other. Yeah, I do. And I love doing this. This one's a little bit different because I've been doing a lot of musicals and I've been doing a lot of comedies and this is certainly the opposite of that. I'm going I'm going to be in the play, The Diary of Anne Frank, which is of course as serious as it gets. By the way, today Holocaust Remembrance Day. Um and the woman who plays the daughter of Anne Frank in this play told me that she is a teacher in the school where Lou is a principal. And by the way, Lou, she said you are a marvelous principal.
2: <laughs> I paid her to say that. I paid her, her to say that.
3: Anyway, well, no, thank I'm, you for I'm mentioning
2: it. I'm excited to see it, Glenn. And all also, you. best of luck with it. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. My family and I are looking much. forward to going seeing supporting uh, you guys. Well,
3: let's talk a little Flyers, a little Legals. Oh, Glenn, What, um,
10: Glenn, do you think –
2: I mean I know I know delve into it and it's still up in the air. Do you think the stuff with Carter Hart proves as a, as a distraction a little bit because it seems like as soon as that came out and all those
3: rumors and all that they kind of went south pretty quick. Do you, or do you just think it was just timing and they just I think it just I think stretch? it's it, it is it listen it's no surprise this thing has been hanging around for a long time and I think people knew it was coming. I think I think there's the serious issue here of adjudication. I don't want to talk about it a lot. We'll see what happens, with yeah, Carter yeah. Hart. So, i i don't I don't want to go there much. What do you got on the Eagles? Uh, um,
2: I not um
3: not hundred percent. You're 100% distracted sold. by your car here. hard to break it down. Yeah, sure yeah, no, something's I'm going you that, on out there, Lou. What said, happened?
2: Um, no. not. I'm still not sold. I don't. I don't think. The, I think the press conference did more harm than good because I still think there's so much gray area. I really do, and I just wish. I still feel like you still don't. We still don't get any answers from last year on who was calling, who, what, who was. Do, do what, I still think was it's still a big question
3: mark. Jody, this is a question. It will I be. You to start it will show. be
4: until they uh, hire a new offensive coordinator. There's a major question that's got to be answered, and then at some point, it's going to turn to Howie. Uh, it's all about coaching, 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 coaching. Yeah, Jeff made the decision to keep Sirianni on, but uh, at some point it's going to turn to Howie, and they're going to have to upgrade this roster. I I didn't get answers. You, Glenn sounded to you let, to me like you didn't get the answers you wanted to hear. No, it,
3: there's five core values, and I'm going to stop in at some defensive meetings now, and uh, like oh, okay, again, the the biggest thing that I went in wanting to at least have a sense of. I know they couldn't give me a concrete answer, but. Make me believe that this that Nick Sirianni is the guy who can pull this team out of what we saw those last seven games, and I got none of that.
4: Well, the best that I got was from Derek Gunn last segment or earlier this segment. He doesn't believe they quit on Nick. Because a lot of people said that, Glenn. Eh, I'm not just pulling that up out of the ether. Uh, how many times heard it on WIP, hosts, callers, everybody else, other media members, and team, quit. team quit, team quit, team quit. They quit, they quit on Nick. Everybody quit. Derek's gun said he didn't believe that was the case. And Derek's got as good a pipeline to the Eagle players as anybody else. And I think that they are honest when I talk to D gun and he said he didn't believe they quit on Nick and he didn't lose the locker room. So that's what Howie and Jeff are hanging their hat on here with this decision. They believe that Nick's play calling, uh, Nick's offense got stale. They needed to change that and their hire of Sean Desai and or Matt Patricia was bad, and that they had bad uh, uh, game plans all year long, that by changing those two things, with Nick still being able to emotionally lead the locker room, that it can work if they get the two right guys in the coordinator positions.
3: Is it possible, Jody Mack, that the players that Derek spoke to, and Derek speaks to a lot of players, conveyed to him in all honesty that they did not believe that they – or the team, or at least they, quit on Nick Sirianni. But Jody Mac, your eyes tell you something different. I, I'm kind of
4: split on it. I don't think they. I going think for that there was some guys. Again, aren't you? It, it's. It, I'm going to find that good middle ground here. This is this is a good area for middle ground. I think there were some players that quit on the coach. I do. I absolutely do. On Moss, absolutely not. A couple, yeah. I think there were a couple – I do not believe – I'm with Derek. I don't think he lost the locker room because a couple of guys doesn't cost you the locker room. And I think that – yeah, I still think they still – if he handles it well at the beginning of the year from day one on and maybe he isn't as – because Nick's a, 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 a more of a uh, rub-the-back guy than a kick-in-the-pants guy. Maybe he finds a better balance with that this year. Maybe he does a better job with that this year and gives the guys who need a kick in the pants a kick in the pants and the guy who needs a pat on the back, a pat on the back. I think he can be the leader of the team at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I do. I still believe
3: that. I hope you are correct. By the way, swordfish, do you eat swordfish?
4: Swordfish is a password. It's not something you eat. (laughs)
3: I like those old Marx Brothers movies, too. That's a good point. There you go. alright nine two ninety four ninety four coming up. Uh, what we're watching, turns out that our producer, Ben Kenny and I are watching the same show. I'll see if he feels about it as I do and if it's something that we could get you, Jody, and our audience to follow. Uh, Jody Mack and Glenn Mack now. I recorded a commercial recently with uh, the great people from Meridian Bank along with one of their business banking customers. And, you know, over the years, I've met several business owners they work with. Every time, I'm just blown away at how highly they speak of Meridian Bank and their relationship. Knowing the people at Meridian, it's no surprise. They are the preferred bank of businesses and entrepreneurs. Meridian Bank uh, itself, they're entrepreneurial. These people know how to listen to great ideas and understand innovative thinking. Learn how Meridian Bank can help your business succeed at meridianbanker.com. All right. Well, we're watching, sponsored by Guida Door and Window. Take advantage of Guida Door and Windows' big winter sale through January. Receive forty percent off all windows and doors. Call one eight seven seven GO GUIDA, or visit them at go g u i d a dot com. We don't uh, we don't get to do this as often, Jody, because I typically do it on Saturday, unless something comes up. I didn't really get to ask you. Is there anything you're watching these days outside of sports that you're enjoying? Just one that you and I did one
4: Sunday. What you're watching, and uh, several weeks ago, and you talked me into fool me once oh, by yeah, Harlan yeah. Coben. And I think I texted you, or I might have even said on the, I don't remember. Um, but I'd watched the first two episodes and was tremendously intrigued. And then I got caught up one day and watched the. La- was it seven or eight episodes? I don't even remember what. you uh, Yeah, boss. it was, well, I don't know, but you binged it, did you? Oh, yeah. It yeah. didn't move from off the couch for like six straight hours. Uh, I think I had a meal down in my lap because I didn't want to stop watching it. Uh, Harlan's stuff is always great, and this was uh, as good as I think he's ever done. And, oh, by the way, the only thing I didn't like about it was I was bummed when it was over. Yeah, it was a nice, neat eight-episode yeah. package, and they brought the whole story together and took you up to the cliffhanger and brought you back down. It was tremendously done, but now I'm like bummed that uh, I want season two and there will be no season two.
3: No, no. Uh, Har- you listen, you turn yeah, we did discuss it a little bit on the air. I think Har- you you turned me on to Harlan Coben as a writer, mm-hmm. and so now I've read three or four of his books, and he's got a deal with Netflix, to do 14, turn 14 of his books into mini series. I think they've done six or seven. I've probably watched maybe four of them. I mean, that's uh, pretty lucrative for the author, yes. don't you good, think? Good that's Good for Harlan. Every, good every dude. the author's dream. Yeah, I,
4: I told you, uh, he and I text back and forth because uh, he's a sports fan. I'm envious. And me of New York slash Philadelphia. I think more New York. I think he's a North Jersey guy. Um, but uh, – I, I root for him, I follow everything that he does, and Fool Me Once was, uh, at least on the TV side, as good as I think anything that he's ever done, as short as it was.
3: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good. Well, so that is a recommendation we put out a couple of weeks ago. People we should enjoy that. Uh, I'm going to give you the show I just started watching uh, the other day, two episodes in. The problem with this one is it's not streamed. It runs every, I think, Sunday night on HBO, so you got to kind of... It's so funny, Jody. We spent the first however many years of our life watching TV, one show a week. And now Mm -hmm. when I don't get to watch it back to back, I get mad. But True Detective, Night Country on HBO. So True Detective, um, like Fargo, which was my favorite show so far this year uh, on FX Hulu, is a series in which they changed all the characters, the locations, all of it every year. And it's just an entirely new story, new set. Some seasons are great. The first year they did with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey was terrific TV. Some are awful. The second season they did with uh, Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn. Have you ever watched True Detective? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, do you agree with what I said so far? Absolutely. Okay. So now comes the fourth season, set in the f- a fictional mining town in Alaska, way up north in Alaska, like near the Arctic Circle, where – J- day turns into 60 days of night. They get no sun for 60 days up there. And it opens with a, uh, a horrific mystery, the disappearance of all of these scientists from the nearby research station. No clues left behind ex- except for the severed tongue uh, found under a, a cabinet and the words, we are all dead, scribbled on a whiteboard. Good stuff, Jody. The lead cop here is played by Jody Foster And she, man, she is as cold as Alaska, where it is filmed. Actually, they filmed it in Iceland, but it's set in Alaska. And the the plot line is that it seems she was demoted to this remote outpost a couple years back because basically she's got a go-bleep-yourself attitude toward everybody. She's kind of, in in the current parlance, she's kind of a Karen, (laughs) Jody. If you've watched True Detective in past seasons, you know they always include supernatural elements, And they do again Uh, here in this isolated town, in this dark, eerie landscape where the sun doesn't rise for three months. All this weird stuff happens and 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 gutted Koribu carcasses jerk back to life. And a clump of human bodies are found naked and frozen in terror in a in a single block of human ice. It's what you call a cold case. Yeah. and it it all gets connected to, like, local Eskimos believing in the spirit world. It's not for everybody. Uh, my wife has watched some of the first two episodes with her head hiding under the blanket. But it's pretty intriguing. And I think it promises to be a good season. And Jodie Foster is great in everything she's in. So I give it a, um, a thumbs up with the reservations that I've only seen two episodes. And it, it may not come together. But generally a thumbs up. I'm enjoying at least the first two episodes, True Detective Night Country on HBO. And as it turns out, our producer Ben Kenny told me before the show he's watched it as well. Do you see it any
0: differently, Ben? Um, I'm with you. Maybe I'm more optimistic about it. I just like uh, maybe the role the show plays. Because like I grew up on network uh, crime shows, like CSI and CIS. Those are very glamorous and like make up and buttoned up. I feel like these shows both the first season and this season it's inherently not glamorous which is kind of endearing yeah you're kind of sent into the this community where everyone seems to be struggling and and there's no sun so i i kind of just like that they portray the vibe very well
3: you like the bleak
0: i do
4: (laughs) it's bleak having having not watched the first two episodes and there's a reason for that uh i watched the first iteration of True Detective and thought it was the best thing on TV that entire year. Just yeah. flat out loved it. Second season, pretty disappointing. Agreed. And I did make it through the entire season. Third season, I watched the first or maybe first two episodes, completely gave up. Didn't even bother watching the end. I don't know how it finished, how it went. I just thought it was, been there, done that, only to a lesser extent. I'm, I'm glad, glad the
3: you're the t- Ali season, right? Yeah. Yeah, it got better. It wasn't it great, did. but it was it, yeah, you know, it, it it wasn't great, it was decent. Okay. Um I
4: I'm very reserved about going back in again cuz mm-hmm. I don't want it to, I I will hold it to the standard of the first uh time they did it and everything pales in comparison. I'm a big Jody Foster fan, but the reason I probably won't go back in is yeah, that's just too much supernatural for me.
3: Uh, no. oh, okay, well, there it's is that. just so. not my thing. And yeah, that's understood. It okay. doesn't
4: work for me, so why why would I bother?
3: Yeah. Anyway, that's the only thing. Other than uh, games, that's the only thing I got to watch this week, so I, I give it a, a reserved reservation. Ben Kenny seems maybe a tiny bit more uh, liking, a little bit more, but uh, check it out if you like. Uh, let's get to our pal Geary in Southampton. You're on with Jody and Glenn. How you doing? Hey guys,
11: how are you doing? Hey, All right. Right. how are you? Good. Uh this is it Gary ref? you doing? Yeah, great.
3: Always nice to talk to you.
11: Good. Uh I I was you were talking and I I, I was remiss and I didn't hear the rest of, if you were talking about the uh the OC or the DC yet. but we did. I I'm very disappointed in in the uh selection of the DC like you were saying. Um I I think the um I think the uh the Faggio has, has seen his days, and I, I, wanted, I wanted somebody to come in with, a, with new, fresh ideas because it's pretty much the same type of defense that he's going to run. And uh, I want a fresh, new, young, uh, aggressive person, you know what I mean? So very, very, very disappointed. I hope, I hope they don't go that way with, um, uh, with, the, uh, with the O.C., uh, I just, you know, I, I don't know what your opinions opinions are. You, Jody, no, Joe, you
3: uh, go first, and then I'll I'll clarify mine. I hope same that, and I
4: think they're certainly with foreshadowing of the press conference the other day. They're they're looking to go that direction, different, new ideas, fresh. They use the word stale a lot. They hope not to be stale, so I don't think you're going to get a retread and/or a Nick sirianni tied Frank wright type hiring. I don't think that's going to happen.
3: I actually, I'm I'm half with you. I actually like that they brought in a veteran coach in theory and a guy who's a little bit tough. I know you know we talked about the Dolphins players not liking him, but I I think one of the problems if you look last year at the Head coach, offense squatter, defensive coordinator, defensive coordinator—they lacked that experienced guy. Stoutland's the experienced guy in the in there, but I would like somebody else. Fangio brings that. My only concern is, like, I think this defense is the same defense that's going to frustrate everybody. Yeah, well,
11: except the opponent, it's going to frustrate us. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So, uh, you know, he, Faggio, at least what I like to like about him, he goes upstairs and not he, and he's not on the sideline. You know, so uh I think you get a you get a better view as a de- defensive coordinator upstairs and uh are, are you know, then you're able to uh, um mm-hmm. you know, see see the field and see what's what's going okay. on. You know what I mean?
3: Hadn't thought about that, but I'm good with that. Gary, be well, man. Thank you. You too. All right. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four, Jenny McDonald, Glenn Macnow. Looking forward to taking your calls uh coming up in uh, the top of the hour we are going to check in with jeff core kerr excuse me like steve kerr cbs sports and kind of get his view of some of the games tomorrow and how the rest of the league is looking at the eagles hey if the cold weather has you thinking it's finally time to replace those old drafty windows and doors there is no better time than now to make your home more energy efficient while taking advantage of Guide's big winter sale Great people at Guided Door and Window are extending the big winter sales event through the month of January by offering 40% off every window and door you buy. That's right. Receive 40% off each expertly installed, energy-efficient replacement window, which also includes free, high-performance, low-E glass. And if you're in need of a new door, you receive 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. You can take advantage of Guida's interest refinancing or low monthly payment plans to get your project started with no money out of pocket. Offers for a limited time only, so you must act quickly. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at 1-877-GO-GUIDA or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A dot com. A whole lot of Marcus Morris uh, senior highlights, but there you go. We played that and we play that. Well, we, we play it because the poor guy is injured. And this is our segment with our friends from Cooper Bone & Joint. Dr. David Gelt is with us today. How are you, Doc?
10: Pretty good. Hope uh, you and your dad have recovered from uh, last week.
3: Oh, my poor dad. I'm telling you. Last night from Norwood, huh? Uh, (laughs) Wide right was not what my dad needed to hear last week. But uh, thank you for reminding me today. Sorry about that. I was was
10: reading for you guys. That's all right.
3: Thank you. Anyway, um, Marcus Morris has missed a few games. Because of plantar fasciitis uh, in his left foot, um, I think it's been a long time since we've talked about that. I remember, um, Joey, remember Todd McCullough? Yes. Big guy. He used did to a good be... job, uh, color analyst, after his playing days. He did, and he, he was a pinball nut. I actually went to his house once and played pinball. Very nice guy. But um, he had that. And, Doc, I don't know if it's something that like big guys get or basketball players got, but Marcus Morris has it. Would you explain what that is?
10: Sure. So it's basically uh, the bottom of the foot. If you took the skin off the the foot, it almost looks like a hand. It connects from the the heel to the balls of the foot. It helps with the arch. So every time you take a step and push off, uh, it stretches out. It can be uh, pretty uncomfortable, especially right at the heel. It's worse in the mornings if if anyone's ever had it. When you first get up out of bed, the first couple of steps is really bad. Someone's going to loosen up. But anytime you try to run, it can be irritating um, right into that arch. So it's, it's been difficult, obviously, with playing basketball to throw up and down the court, side you know, back and forth, or quick movements. So you have to try to uh, work on stretching out the what they call the heel cord, which is your calf and your Achilles. You know, they loosen up the, the fascia underneath because it's a thick piece of tissue. Um, they do some modalities, some anti-inflammatories. Sometimes they use their orthotics or inserts, and it's sort of uh, let pain be their guide. And if is increasing activities, and hopefully it can get back uh, after a few weeks, but it can be a, a while for it to really recover completely.
4: Doc, you know Glenn from Glenn and I. From time to time, have to play doctors on the radio, and we're completely unqualified, and that's why we have you on. Um, but uh, we got a whole bunch of callers that do the same thing, and they all want to speculate that Jalen Hurts has more than just a strained knee; that he, more than just a, a, <clears throat> a hurt knee, that there, there's something in there that's actually needs repair. I don't know that. Uh, Nobody does other than Jalen, and I doubt you do either. But if he does have to have a cleanup done on his knee, is it something that should have been done like two days after the season was over and done with? Or is it something that can wait? Is it a short turnaround and rehab process and healing process? If you need to get your knee scoped, how important is the timing of it?
10: Yeah, I mean, it really all depends on what's going on. It can be a myriad of issues, you know, from what he heard, he had a bone bruise and we've talked about it before. It can take a long time, you know, Covington at the Sixers has it now and he's been dealing with it for a while and it can just really take time just to healing just to just stop doing what you're doing. If he does have any, you know, meniscus, you know, tearing or fraying, like, you know, what a had then you can clean it out and you can get done quickly. If he wasn't having mechanical issues, sometimes you try to push through the season and see how it goes. But, um, Again, I don't know what he has, but if it's just a a clean out, it it doesn't take very long to recover from that if they are able to do that. Um, So, you know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks if there's anything that changes.
3: We certainly will. Doc, anything else on your mind today?
10: Uh, Not too much. Um, I was actually uh, watching uh, a movie I just started. um, I think you may have talked about it with uh, Julie Roberts on Netflix, Leave the World Behind or End of the World. I have not.
3: I my, my wife is a big Julia Roberts fan. I have never been. Uh, is this is this a good movie? We should watch.
10: Yeah, it's not bad. It's interesting. It's about you know almost like apocalyptic type of movie where technology starts to fail and everything is going awry. You know they don't have access to the TV, internet, or any type of information or communication, and they're just sort of getting into that survival mode um, when they're on a the weekend up in the yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I want to see I,
3: you but... without any TV or internet up for a weekend. Yeah.
10: <laughs> yeah, you'll see
4: me, and they'll be taking me out in a body bag. I, I'll be.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Although, if you spend it with Julia Roberts, you'd probably be. Yeah, right. oh, I could last a week with her, yeah. Right. I, I... <laughs> and the name, give a... me the name again, Doc, cause my wife will, will, she'll want to watch this.
10: I think that Leave the World Behind, I think it's called. Okay. Um, All right, we'll find it. That... Yeah, it's a psychological thriller, so it's it's good. It's two right. hours, so you can spend some time with it. There
3: you go. Doc, always a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Doc. All right, guys. All Have,
10: right, a Have a good night. Have a good day. There you Bye. go.
3: Uh, Jody, Sixers. Uh, they play, by the way, this evening uh, in Denver, 530. 530 start. That's an unusual time for a game. Because uh, they're taking advantage. This is it. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, no NFL. Big weekend,
4: no NFL. Yeah, They haven't been able to put key games on Saturdays. Don't kid yourself. This schedule was done for a reason. That's why they got a big showdown. MVP versus runner-up MVP. Not quite in prime time,
3: but you knew it was going to be a nationally broadcast game. Yeah, good good little grudge. Uh, A couple of Sixers questions for you. Uh, One, should Maxie have been among the 41 players invited to the U.S. Olympic tryouts? Um. Because the
4: invitations went out before, Maxi upped his game like three notches this year. Um, do I think he's one of 41 best players right here, right now? Oh, absolutely. Do I complain about the fact that he just missed the cut previous two? That would have been optimistic okay. six, six review.
3: Uh, two, uh, obviously, uh, big week for Joel Embiid, dropped 70 points on the Spurs earlier this week the numbers are just amazing whenever they crunch the stats he's averaging 36.1 points a game and six assists a game which is pretty good which you know when you start to say the number of players who have done that it's like him and Wilt and Michael Jordan and James Harden figure that one um I don't really know what my Joel Embiid question is other than this is pretty damn amazing
4: it was, and I was watching the other night from stem to stern and was bummed that I was not down at the Wells Fargo Center to see history, and I was on the air afterwards, which was cool. So I got to talk to a bunch of people who were at the game and what the the feel and the vibe was like, which was great. Um, here's my bummed-out stance, and then Luka Dantich turns around and gets 73 last night. He becomes just the ninth player to get 70. You thought it would last more than just five days before (laughs) someone else got 70. But sure enough, Luca gets 73 last night. The scoring is just running
3: rampant in the NBA these days. It is. It is. It's a different game. And then final thought is the uh, Milwaukee Bucks fire a head coach in his first year, and they bring in Doc Rivers, which, of course, you know, is going to end up in a second-round collision between Mm -hmm. these teams. And Sixers fans are going to go, oh, yeah, we got Doc right where we want him. I don't think Doc did a very good job with the Sixers. I don't think Doc has done a particularly good job in the NBA in his, well, I guess since Boston, whatever. But I still don't know that I'm looking forward to facing Milwaukee in the second round. We got to face somebody. And it's going to be
4: Milwaukee or Boston, so bring yeah, on whoever. And, yeah, I'm not afraid of Doc. I was very let down. I was a very big proponent of the hire when they brought Doc in. I thought he was a good fit sure. veteran guy, been there, done that. Uh, the whole, oh, he, he loses big leads in playoffs. I poo-pooed that. And then they blow a 3-2 lead last year against Boston, so uh, and oh, by the way, Doc had lost me long before he lost that round against Boston because he was just a stone cold enabler of Ben Simmons, yes. which really bothered me. Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, good. So now he'll be an enabler of Damian Lillard and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well,
3: Giannis is the one that uh, scares me. Let's get Carl and Ardmore. You're on uh, with Joni and Glenn. Hey, Carl. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, we got, we got you. you. All right, first,
12: a lot to say. I'll try to be quick. First of all, I'm walking right now, and you guys are a great team. You make my, my walking more pleasurable than it would otherwise be, so thank you.
3: You sound yeah. like you're moving fast, a lot faster <laughs> I, than I move. <laughs> I'm moving uh, fast to stay young is what I'm doing. All right, so right here's you.
12: my comments. First of all, and I wasn't going to say this, but as an orthopedist retired after 50 years, to follow up on your expert, which I agree with, I would only add that when we quote clean out the knee, unquote, that's a euphemism for we go with the scope and trim it down anything that looks funny. So the quicker it's done, the quicker he's back to hopefully normal. So I think that's what you were asking. All right. right. And here's the reason now, why I asked
4: let me, let me add to your, your point. If like Jalen gets this done in April, why didn't he get it done in January? If it does need to be cleaned, why aren't they cleaning it like now? I, I the season's I, over. He's not doing anything. I, if he doesn't need to clean, then he just comes back and it was a bone bruise and all's good when camp opens. I'm good. But if at some point we hear Jalen needs to get his knee cleaned, I always wonder why they take their time in this. And, it. and I,
12: I couldn't agree with you more than how many times we have players where that happened, where they got done over the summer and missed camp. So. I, I, I don't know how to answer you except to say I agree. All right. Thank you. Some uh, Glenn, to your Netflix things. First of all, my son just produced a movie that just sold to Netflix for $17 million. It's in the trade. Whoa. It's called It's What's Inside, and it'll be out in October. So here's another Philadelphia contribution Good to Hollywood. Good for you. Good for uh, so him. Look out for It's What's Inside. You'll hear about it. They're going to promote it like crazy. Great. Cool. Um,
3: You'll check back with us. Good. For, congrats. You, you're damn right all right next
12: uh you your wife who's under the covers because of the current uh true detective i'm in it because like many things i gotta see how it ends but i'm not crazy about it and if yeah. she didn't like that i don't think she's gonna like the julia roberts thing i really don't so okay. i saw it
3: well no, that's good because like that. i don't i don't usually don't like julia roberts stuff so all right we're in right. the home stretch real home quick stretch. i gotta run Yes, yeah, so go
12: question. quick I heard this morning that people are saying that Hertz can't assimilate the feel when he takes the ball, when he comes up, that they work with him and so forth and so on. So the two questions are, well, how was he doing it last year? And if, in fact, he can't do it now, how do you fix it? And I'll hang up and listen. Thank you very All much. All right. Have a good
4: walk. There you go. He's got a lot going on there. Yeah. And the great final question. I don't know. <laughs> and, and you fear Nick Sirianni doesn't know either after That's what he fear. did or didn't say
3: the other day. I did not get confidence from Nick off of that press conference. No, I did not. So, can't give him an answer for that. But you know who might be able to, Jody? Who? Jeff Kerr. Oh, Jeff Kerr. Coming up next. Your pal. Uh, I from trust CBS Jeff Sports. Kerr. I don't know why, but I do. Well, there you go. Let's hope so. 215 592 9494 Jody and Glenn on 94 WIP. All right, well, that's Nick Sirianni earlier this week explaining his job moving ahead, so I don't know how to interpret that. So, Jody, we're fortunate that we get to talk to Jeff Kerr of CBS Sports. Hold on, let me punch him up. There you go. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Jeff K-E-R-R, K-E-R-R-C-B-S. Jeff, by the way, before uh, the first question, where are you this weekend? Are you, are you in town? Are you uh, at one of the games? Where are you at?
13: I will be in Baltimore
3: tomorrow. Nice. Very nice. Enjoy that. And when he told me that, I said,
4: "If there's a shirtless picture to be had of Jason Kelsey, please get it to us. And/or a selfie with Taylor uh, Swift, please send it to me. Text it. There to you me. go. So he's promising me text pictures this weekend. Nice. I'm psyched.
3: All right, good." Uh, and we're going to, we, we'd like to take a, a look at the league with you, but let us start with the Eagles, and we'll use that quote to kind of grow out in advance. And I'll ask you the question that I've asked Jody and I asked Derek Gunn, our earlier guest, and I asked our audience Is there anything you heard on Wednesday that makes you feel better about Nick Sirianni and the franchise moving forward?
13: So I had to listen to a press conference I was at four different times to find something <laughs> that I was encouraged about, and you know this is unlike me because I'm I was rolling my eyes throughout the entire thing. You know, of course I'm sitting front and center, so they're both looking at me uh, while I'm doing it. Sure they appreciated it. that, yeah. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm I'm sure everybody did, but I did like how I truly feel it's not going to be Nick's offense. I, I feel like it it is going to be whoever the offensive coordinators offense is and Nick will have input but not the input that he obviously has had the last couple seasons and you know they really did miss Shane Steichen last year I I, I said that from day one I thought they missed Steichen more than Gannon well it turned out they really missed both of them but whoever their offensive coordinator is going to be and again I I have no clue um I hope it's not Cliff Kingsbury by the way but yeah, we, I think
3: we all agree on that <laughs> yeah
13: so I I think it's going to be a fresh set set of ideas. It's, it's going to be something different. I think it's really going to help out Jalen Hurts moving forward.
4: The word that Sirianni used was mesh. They want to mesh the new ideas with the things that worked for them. All right, They didn't work the last seven games, but they worked for two and a half years up until the last seven games and find that good mesh point. With, I know it's a tough question to ask without knowing who that new offensive coordinator is, so it's going to be, going to be on Sirianni
13: you think he'll be good with the mesh? I think he has to be good with the mesh or else he's not going to have a job. I, I yeah, you know, I, I really do think Howie Roseman and maybe even above Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie pretty much told Nick, guess what? If you want to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles next year, you are going to be the CEO head coach is what we've heard playing at times. You know, he's pretty much going to be John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin with, without the credentials they have. And your defense coordinator is going to run the defense and your offense coordinator is going to run the offense and you're just going to manage everything else. So, yeah, again, it's not exactly encouraging, but I do like how it is going to be a different offense because what I saw last year was just playing direct Uh, from game one. You could tell that this was going to be a problem the whole season. And you thought Brian Johnson would grow into his role and he never could grow into it because he was running a completely different offense.
3: Yeah. So, I, I agree. So, that's the offense. Uh, we do know the defense coordinator. It's Vic Fangio. Um, Jody and I both gave our opinions without shading your thoughts. Uh, do you Is this
13: good hire, bad hire, meh? What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm definitely in the meh camp. So, I didn't like how four days ago, essentially, they wanted to go entirely different from the Fangio scheme and their. You know, think of interview with Ron Rivera, um, you know, obviously Wake Martindale was the guy they were targeting, which is completely different from Fangio. And then all of a sudden you realize you can get Fangio, so you decide to run it back. At least you're running it back with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi instead of mm-hmm. Darth Vader. So <laughs> I, I kind of like that part. And if they bring in Mike Caldwell, I'm probably going to jump, jump up and down. I know it's only a linebacker's coach, but Mike Caldwell is one of the better – linebacker coaches out there you know Todd Bowles can attest to that so yeah yeah, I, I and by the
3: way I just want to add one jump in here for one second because one of the things with Fangio is does he relate to players well or not one of the things with Mike Caldwell that is well established is that players really love him and so I think adding some you know good cop bad cop might be a good thing
13: yeah and I think Vic needs to be the bad cop because I thought there were a lot of players last year where they just, just did not like Sean Desai or they were completely confused with Sean Desai's defense. And I think players are getting frustrated on that. And then when Desai got let go, I, obviously Darius Slay uh, spoke up for Sean Desai and said, we failed him, but you didn't hear that across the locker room. So I, I think Vic Fangio needs to tell all these guys. And, and again, they're not praying back everybody on this defense, but Hey, you know what? I, I'll, I'll be the bad cop. And you're right. Mike Hallwell can be the good cop. And, I I think that's a good thing. You do know Vic Fangio is going to hold this defense accountable. All
4: right, Jeff. uh, They're going to have a new offensive coordinator. We just talked about what we'd like to see and how it's going to work and like until we know who it is, we can't give a complete opinion on it. But is it a problem that Jalen Hurts has another new offensive coordinator in your mind?
13: Uh, It's always going to be a problem. I mean, I don't know how you can have success in this league having different play callers and different Offensive coordinators every year. Uh, since his senior year of high school, he's now going to have seven of eight, the seven and eight years. Uh, I don't know how you succeed with that, and somehow he's been able to do it. And it's funny how the one guy he had in consecutive years, he has an uh, MVP type season and takes the Eagles to the Super Bowl. So this offensive coordinator just can't be a one-year thing, which it could be if Nick Ceriani has a bad year, because that means he's out. So Jalen Hurts will be going through this again, but. They have to make sure they get a guy here that's going to be here more than one year. and just. But, again, if he has a great year, he might be a head coach again in the NFL. So it's it, it's tough. I, I will say that. I, I don't know how Jalen does
4: it. I really here's don't. My, here's my issue with that. He had all those other changes, as you noted, just new guy, new guy, new guy, new guy. And the trajectory of his career just went up and up and up and up and up and up. And then this year, when he got with Brian Johnson, a guy who supposedly had a great relationship, it went backwards. I have every faith that Jalen Hurts will be able to work with whoever they bring in as their offensive coordinator. I think he's shown the ability to adjust and overcome. I'm not as worried about this near as much as some other people.
13: Yeah, I'm, I'm not either in terms of how Jalen plays. Look, I still think he's a top-five quarterback in this league. I, I think you, you do mention him with – to Joe Burrows and the Josh Allen's of the world because he's earned that right. And I know a lot of people want to slam him for this year, but how hurt was Jalen hurts? How bad was this offense? How many in, things internally was getting on Jalen? Like I, I, I got so frustrated when people were questioning his leadership capabilities. I'm like, oh, well, hold on a second. How is he a bad leader now? But he was a good leader eight weeks ago. Like I, I, I I don't understand it. It's amazing how viewpoints change when you lose a couple games.
3: Yeah, I think that narrative took off a lot more than it should have. Um, all right, let's branch out and take a look at the league uh, and what's been going on uh, and start with some, kind of some of the coaching stuff. Carolina hires away Bucks, uh coordinator. Speaking of offense coordinators, doing the job for a year and then getting promoted, Dave Canales becomes the coach in Carolina where he's going to try to make Bryce Young work out. Uh, Atlanta brings back Raheem – well, brings Raheem Morris, who was the Rams defense coordinator who had had a head coaching job before. And the guy who nobody has hired and probably will not get the job in Seattle or Washington is Bill Belichick, which I think a week or two ago, at least I didn't foresee this happening, that Belichick gets shut out in the cold. Uh, Why does nobody want Bill Belichick? And will he ever
13: get that chance to break the Don Shula record, Jeff Kerr? Yeah, you know, I kind of smirked when Atlanta picked Raheem Morris over Bill Belichick. And remember, Bill went for two interviews there, mm-hmm. but I I think a lot of people see what I'm seeing. The, I don't think the game is passing by because I still think he's a brilliant defensive mind. But defensive minded head coaches are out. And a lot of people are like me, like to point out Bill Belichick is 83 and 101 without Tom Brady as his quarterback. And I've said for years, it's not the Patriot way, it's the Brady way. Well, the Brady way went to Tampa and they won a Bowl. while Bill didn't win a playoff game four years. Like they can say mutually parting ways all all you want. I think Bill Belichick was let go by new England. Um, I I think Robert Kraft got tired of it. I think he needed to make a change. But again, I don't know why you would hire Gerard Mayo for that because I mean, maybe he's just, maybe he just relates to the players more, even though he does Belichick's scheme and Belichick's uh, philosophy but yeah, it, maybe that's just it. Bill just doesn't relate to the players like he used to. And if you're hiring a head coach, you want to hire a head coach for the next decade, right? It, how long do we really think Bill's going to coach? Three, four years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so.
4: I think All that's right. about right. Once wants break the record. And we'll see if he even gets that chance. Um, Jeff Kerr, two playoff games. You're going to be in Baltimore tomorrow. But before we go there, I want to go NFC. I think we'd all agree with the narrative as we sit here today, this week built up, the Detroit Lions have become America's team because the other ones have been there, done that. Lions have never been to a Super Bowl. People are rooting for them. Does that help them or hurt them? It's got to make them feel good, but it paints the 49ers as an underdog. Nobody will answer. Everybody's rooting against us. Does the rooting interest of America, with Detroit being becoming America's team at least for one week, does it have any impact on the outcome of the NFC Championship game?
13: You know, I, I kind of want the Lions to win, too. I got to be honest. The 49ers are great villains, by the way. They talk a lot of trash for a team that doesn't win well, they get far, but they don't win the whole thing. Like I know Debo's going off at, uh, against our old buddy C.J. Garner Johnson because he said, "Well, no one knows who he is." I'm like, oh, "Awesome!" I checked. He he wrecked you guys in the NFC Championship game last year. So, but I I digress. But I love the Lions' offensive line. I think they can. And the 49 pass pass for rush really hasn't been as dominant in the last couple of weeks as they were when they first got Chase Young. So I think that can help Jared Goff up up a lot, but if they get pressure on Goff, it's going to be a very long day for Detroit. Um, So, I mean, I think the 49ers are going to win. I I think they're the better team, but there's no reason why Detroit can't win. I I think Detroit can play with these guys, but it, man, Brock Purdy against that secondary, if he gets enough time, he might carve them up.
3: Interesting. All right, and the other game, of course, tomorrow uh, in Baltimore where you will be. The Chiefs come in as... At least as I'm looking at it now,
13: four-point underdog. Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. How do you look at that one? You know, I keep joking to myself. I, I I'd never bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And the one time I did was when they played the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year because I thought the Eagles would win the Battle of the Trenches. And, obviously, we know that didn't happen. So, uh, it, it's hard to go against those two. But, man, this Baltimore team, is they're loaded um, across the board. they yeah, you know, their defense is probably as good as the 2000 Ravens defense in terms of today's NFL. Um, I mean, they get pressure on the quarterback, they get turnovers, uh, they tackle well, and then you got Lamar. Like he doesn't even have to uh, run the ball all day to get this offense going. Um, you know, his completion percentage is the highest it's ever been. He he throws so many on-point passes. Whatever Todd Munkin has going, it seems to work for them. So. It's going to be tough. I mean, I mean, it it really does feel like this game, and I know the Chiefs are not the 2002 Bucks, but it kind of feels like that final game at the Vet Vibes going into tomorrow. Because Baltimore hasn't hosted an AFC champ, a, a conference Championship game since 1971, it's going to be crazy there. All, all the people that are going to be there, but it's just hard to bet against Mahomes and Andy yeah. Reid. And Mahomes just goes on a different level in the playoffs. We saw that the last two weeks. And
3: looking
4: looking at it through eagle-colored glasses, Jeff, I think Eagle fans should be rooting for the Ravens because they've got a first-year new coordinator on offense and a second-year new coordinator on defense. So you can whip it together with new coordinators pretty quickly if you get everything else right. So I think Eagle fans should be rooting for the
13: Ravens. Agree or disagree? Uh, I I would agree on that. Look, uh, Baltimore changed everything up. Um, last offseason, they said, "Okay, Greg Roman's not working. Th- th- this running attack isn't working. Lamar, sure, we got to make sure we keep Lamar happy." Well, they went outside the box. They got Todd Munkin. He brought in a fresh, new offense. They got him more. Play- they got Lamar more playmakers. I mean, Odell Beckham uh, again. He's he, he's not Odell Beckham anymore, but he's been helping that offense. They drafted Zay Flowers. Nelson Aguilar's contributed. Mark Andrews is still the number one tight end on that team. Isaiah likelys come in the form, and the offensive line got better. It's, they really didn't change that much outside of the pass catchers, and you're seeing the result.
3: All righty uh, Jeff Kerr, a pleasure, thank you as I said. People can follow you on Twitter at Jeff Kerr, CBS. Uh, enjoy your trip to Baltimore tomorrow and, and make sure you send Jody those uh, texts that he's looking for.
13: <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll get a selfie with Jason Kelsey in the suite. I'm, I'm kidding, of course <laughs> All
3: right, hey, thanks, thanks so much. Jake Keck. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, take care. Uh, let's sneak in a call here. Matt in Wilmington is on with Jody and Glenn. Hi, Matt. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Good.
1: Good. Hey, I just want to let you know uh, you guys are true professionals and class acts. so uh, I really like to listen to you every weekend. Appreciate right. nice, that. Thank you. Um, I just want to point out, um, you know, I'm not a big Jalen Hurts fan, but I, I really feel that the offensive line is not getting enough criticism for not being able to hold the blitz. Um, It seems all the weight's coming on Jalen. And you have two and
4: a half seconds to get rid of a ball, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, but that's the league. That's everybody. Jalen's just being asked to keep up with the other top-flight quarterbacks in the league that are handling blitzes. Uh, You're right. I think the offensive line had a down year. Um, I think they didn't put together a uh, perfect roster to face blitzes, and that would be on Howie Roseman. They need to uh, make adjustments and bring in guys with uh, additional skill sets. Uh, but I'm I'm not going to give Jalen a free pass. I, I don't think that – I'll disagree with you. I don't think criticism
3: has been over the top for Jalen. I think he deserves his share of it. The tight end – yeah. th- you know what? The blitz is coming just – this is the part that drove me nuts. He and Dallas Goddard have played together now for three-plus years. Like, right. the blitz is coming. Give a nod to Goddard. Goddard takes two steps in, throw him the ball, uh, cutting over the middle. You do that three or four times, they're going to stop blitz. They're going to stop that blitz anyway, and they – they, he. I, anyway, I that, that drove school. me nuts. Yeah. Goddard just seemed like an unused asset to stop the blitz.
1: And that's the only way you stop it. And yes. a high school coach could figure that out. Well, and,
3: and that but that part's on the quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah, or the coach, and that's where he has to adjust. Both. I I agree. And yeah. like I said, I'm not a big Jalen fan. I, but I I don't want to put it all on him. But you know, adjustments have to be made. The offense was too vanilla. I know we've been saying this for a long time, but you know, they have to take some i heat too. There and... was
3: plenty of blame to go. Thank you, Matt. There was plenty of blame to go on, on all sides as happens with these things. There's a fall guy and the fall guy was the offensive coordinator. Uh, but th- they all got to be better next year, starting with Jalen hurts. All right, coming up, Jody and I will take some more calls at two one five, five, nine, two 592 And we will give you our thoughts on tomorrow's, championship games leading up to the super bowl um because we won't be on tomorrow so there you have it uh 215-592-9494 Jody mac glenn mac, now 94 wip hey if the cold weather has you thinking it's finally time to replace those old drafty windows and doors there is no better time than now to make your home more energy efficient while taking advantage of Guida's big winter sales event Great people at Guided Door and Window are extending the big winter sale through the month of January by offering 40% off every window and door. Yep, you receive 40% off each expertly installed, energy-efficient replacement window, which also includes free, high-performance, low-E glass. And if you're in need of a new door, you get 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And you can take advantage of Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans to get your project started with no money out of pocket. Offers for a limited time only, so you must act quickly. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven 877 go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A dot com. Tony McDonald, Glenn now 94 WIP. Let's get Mike and Hepper, and then we'll uh, also uh, give you our thoughts on tomorrow's games. Mike, what's on your mind today?
14: Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good morning. Good evening. Good night. Listen, a great show as always. A show that you guys have been recommending. My wife, you got my wife hooked on this BritBox stuff with these British yeah. <laughs> investigation series. And they all have the same formula with the female DI and the uh, they repeat that Miranda, which is a little different than our Miranda rights. It's it's comical, but I can't look away. She's got me Great TV. On so
3: what is she watching?
14: Uh, she started with Shetland, went to the Bay,
3: went to uh,
13: Ooh, that a myriad of Never saw of the day. Bay.
3: Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, uh, your wife's got good taste. Yeah. She she is forced to
14: hear you on the weekends. now uh, is it? So now she, yeah, well, at the beginning, and now she's like... Uh, wasn't born here, so anyway, okay. back to task. Once recommendation on Netflix: "Boy Swallows Universe" limited series, brilliant Australian accent. So probably plug on the sub. Oh, right my part. alley. All
3: right, "Boy I'll check it
14: out. Swallows Universe," brilliant. I haven't seen something like that in a long time. Appreciate it. Uh, what do you think about winning back your fans by that press conference? What I didn't hear was just some acknowledgement as to the magnitude of this collapse. And what I mean is, they're not going to come out and say we stink, but there was just no acknowledgement of, you guys know about the 60s collapse of the Phillies and whatever. Think about this. They went like 1-6, and and it was not just losing by a field goal or give up a big play. They, got, they, they weren't even on the field, and the fans had to sit through that. And I just didn't hear any acknowledgment of that. I don't know how you do it, but you come out and you say something like that. Am I way smoking dope there, or am I thinking too, expecting too much, or
4: what? Yeah, I would say you're expecting too much. They're not going to do that. Just not. That's what WIP is for, is to point out how <laughs> bad the collapse was. They're tell not going to do that. They're acknowledging it by their actions, it. by firing both their offensive and defensive corner after only one year. That's how they're admitting how bad it was Thanks, and the mistakes Mike.
3: they made. Yeah. yeah, they're not going to tell you we stunk. But but as I said, I didn't hear anything that made me feel better. But there you go. All right, Jody. Uh, well, I guess the big thing today is you got the Flyers this afternoon and you got the Sixers later. But tomorrow we got the two championships games. Let's tee it up. And I love this, Jody. I mean, just the matchup of Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, it it is it has the potential to be a legacy game for those two guys. Certainly, well, Mahomes already has his legacy, but he's already with the greats, but it for Lamar Jackson, his legacy is he doesn't win in the playoffs. If he can do it tomorrow, get to the Super Bowl, it'll go a long way for him. Uh the Chiefs are a 4-point underdog in Baltimore. What do you think? I think it is much more a legacy game for Lamar than it is for Mahomes. But
4: here's where it's a legacy game for Mahomes, right? If he wins and he goes to the Super Bowl, it will be the fourth time he's going to the Super Bowl in the last five years. Yeah. Do you know how many other quarterbacks have done that, Glenn, gotten to four Super Bowls in five years? Uh, none. None. Yeah. Not Tom Brady, not Joe Montana. Not any of the great all-time quarterbacks. No other quarterback has ever gone to the Super Bowl four times in five years. And I think it's going to happen. Uh, I, I, there, there is this split with Andy Reid in this town. Some people love Andy's success since he's left here. Others are so annoyed by it. They punch holes in walls. I'm, of the, I'm good with Andy continuing to win. He was a good coach here. He's a good guy here. If he continues to have the success I think he's going to have success tomorrow afternoon. I'm certainly going to take the four points, but I think they could win the game outright.
3: I entirely agree with you. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll take him and, and love getting the four points. And Mahomes is. He's the trump card. He's, he's Michael Jordan. He just he wins. Two-time MVP, of Super Bowl wins, three appearances, and, and, and he's been in the league five years. I mean, and here's the thing about him. He can beat you deep. You know, if well, if his receivers hold up. By the way, Kadarius Tony not playing tomorrow. That makes me move toward Kansas City a little more. <laughs> uh, but he can beat you deep. He can he can pick up first downs by running the ball. Uh, he's he's terrific, and I'm sure if I can read minds that he knows his Chiefs are underdogs for the second straight week, and he knows that Lamar Jackson is probably going to get the MVP award. And I think you know how these guys fuel on stuff like that. I think it does. Um, I, I I like them. I think Baltimore's got a terrific defense. Baltimore this year did the uh, did the triple triple crown. They were first in scoring defense, first in sacks, first in, sa- in takeaways. That's pretty damn good. Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator. I'm guessing is going to get one of those two remaining head coach jobs. Um, But I will say that I am going to go with the Chiefs in that one to cover and to win outright. So we agree on that. All right. Lions at Niners. The Lions, as you said earlier, America's darling, the big underdog in this thing. The team has never been to the Super Bowl. It is one of only two teams, them and Cleveland, who've been in the league the entire time and never gone to Super Bowl. Although, actually, Cleveland hasn't been in the league the whole time because they lost a franchise for a few years when they moved to Baltimore. Uh, Lions are seven-point underdogs in San Francisco. Your thoughts? It,
4: I think the 49ers are going to win. Sorry, Lions fans. Sorry, underdog rooters. I think San Francisco is the superior team and um, – Uh, playing at home sure as heck doesn't hurt. The Lions are a much better home team than road team. I think it's about a touchdown game. I think it's a tough game to bet, if that's what you're looking at. I would bring it down to 6.5 if I were you, just in case. Pay the little extra and give yourself that half a point leeway. I think 49ers are better, and the 49ers will win the game. I don't feel as strongly about that as I do the Kansas City win, uh, and certainly plus four points. But I, I think 49ers are going back to the Super Bowl, and we have a repeat of a game we just had four years ago, Chiefs and Niners in the Super Bowl this year.
3: My heart is with the Lions, certainly. Uh, and, I, listen, I like, their, I like their weapons. Goff has had a really nice year and good for him. Uh, their two running backs, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery, are both very good. Uh, he's got some nice receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown is really good. Jameson Williams, et cetera, et cetera. Samuel Porter, the, the young tight end. They're really good. And they got a good offensive line. So maybe they'll score some points, but Kyle Shanahan is the best play caller in football. And he's got some really good weapons as good or better as Detroit. Their run game is, is impossible to defend. Uh, and, and Purdy is, I know many people will just say he's a system quarterback. Whatever he is, he can beat you short, he can beat you medium, he can beat you deep, he can beat you any way that you need to be beat. Uh, I don't think Detroit's defense is going to be able to keep up with this. I I hope it's a close game. Again, I'm rooting for Detroit. I would like to at least see a competitive game that keeps me there till the fourth quarter. This one, Jody, I fear could be a blowout. I think the Niners, have, since they lost to the Eagles last year, have been waiting for this moment. And in front of their home crowd, they're going to just gear it up. And uh, I I, I would be surprised if it's within seven points. I'll I'll figure San Francisco double digits. And Debo Samuel is the key. He's supposedly mm-hmm. fine
4: that he didn't practice the beginning of the week. Then he was limited. Then he was full practice. So all the signs are pointing to him being able to play and play at uh, close to 100% if he is. Yeah, he's going to cause problems, like he does for every other defense in the National Football League. He's he's a handful and a half, and I think he's fine. That's what reports are saying. That's one of the main reasons why I think San Francisco goes to the Super Bowl. Any other league news or coaches, hirings
3: that surprised you? Um, Yeah, I, and f-
4: funny because I was hoping that uh, Canales could slip out of Tampa Bay and become the Eagles offensive coordinator, that they could think about giving him that position. Um they gave him a big contract. Hey, uh, for yeah, those of luck. you who are annoyed at uh, Jeff Lurie this week because he decided to keep Sirianni and do what he did, you could you could be rooting for the Carolina Panthers and David Tepper and their owner, who is just a stone cold disaster. Waiting to happen. So uh, I was I was very intrigued by the Carolina hiring because I mm-hmm. like Dave Canales. I think he's a real good play caller. I think he did a hell of a job, and he certainly riddled the Eagles' defense in the yeah, playoffs. Right. But that that's a tough st- spot to be stepping into. If you have a bad owner, you can find it very difficult to be able to have a team that goes into the
3: playoffs. I'm a little. I guess the one that surprised. Me, I I don't think I missed it. Is um uh, what's the name? I'm drawing a blank from Ta- from uh, Tennessee. Uh, who, who who got fired? Uh, help me out. Mike here. Vrabel not getting a job. Vrabel, thank you. I don't know. I couldn't think of his name. Mike Vrabel has not caught on. That that's the guy I thought was was a really good candidate. Belichick is old. You could say that. Uh, Carroll is old. Pete Carroll. You could say nobody wants to start over with a seventy-year-old coach. But Vrabel, man, Vrabel is good. Is it just, Jody, that he's the defense first guy? Yeah, I do yeah. believe that. It's yeah. still,
4: and even after the success that D'Amico Ryan's had with the Texans this year, I still think the NFL is just generally trending toward, give me a young, smart offensive guy as my next head coach. And sometimes it works, but sometimes it doesn't. And they've gotten that route a couple of times. And if I were a betting man, I would suggest that after the Lions are beaten tomorrow, Ben Johnson is hired as the next coach of the Commanders, so we're, yeah, we're going to get to see plenty of Ben Johnson here in Philadelphia.
3: I think you're probably right on that. You got that one down. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We got one segment to go before we hand it off to Go Birds Radio. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow now on ninety four WIP, and it's time for me to tell you that I recorded a commercial recently with the great people from Meridian Bank, uh, and with one of their business banking customers, and then over the years. I've met a lot of business owners who work with Meridian. Every time, I'm just blown away at how highly they speak of Meridian Bank and their relationship. Knowing the team of people at Meridian as I do, it's no surprise. They are the preferred bank of businesses and entrepreneurs. Meridian itself, they're entrepreneurial. They know how to listen to great ideas and understand innovative thinking. Learn how Meridian Bank can help your business succeed at meridianbanker.com. Glenn Mack now, Jody Mack, 94 WIP. You had something you want to throw in here? I did.
4: Uh, I said last segment that if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes will become the first quarterback to ever take a team to four Super Bowls in five years and put a period at the end of the sentence. It should have been a comma and won at least one because Jim Kelly went oh, to gosh, not four almighty. and five. He went I to four look. and four, yeah. and yeah. I didn't. Want and necessarily bring that up with my partner yeah i back now so uh yeah. but i i should have clarified that uh that uh, mahomes has one one and if he wins this year gets there with a win today goes to the super bowl wins again he will have won three out of five which is unfortunately yeah. better than jim kelly did
3: okay i really enjoyed this last part <laughs> sorry buddy i just had to correct myself yeah it's all right yeah right. it's fine what do you got going on for the rest of the day anything fun
4: uh, watching Flyers, uh, got to clean okay. the yard a little bit, um,
3: but that's about it. Then.
4: Uh, prepping for tomorrow's two huge playoff games.
3: Yeah, should be good. All right. And when are you on uh, 94 WIP next? And that would be both Monday and Tuesday night this week. Okay, very nice. Yes. Uh, we are not on tomorrow, and uh, I, I can complain about it, but whatever. There's, there's going to be a betting show on tomorrow when we're on, so enjoy yourself. Anyway. Uh, that's, uh, that's enough of what I got to say about that. Let us go to our producer, Ben Kenny and find out what did we forget to talk about today, Ben?
0: Um, I got to thank Jody for the lead in here. Speaking of Jim Kelly and the bills and, and Tyler Bass, there was actually a heartfelt moment in the midst of, you know, what happened, uh, bills and chiefs fans donated like 300,000, $500,000 to his charities after, um, which made everybody feel a bit better.
5: Wait, Tyler so, oh, oh,
3: yeah, is that right? B- B- Bills fans are a lot like Eagles fans, and I, you know, people know I grew up in Buffalo, but I've lived here for the last thirty-five years. But they are—they um, take their football very, very seriously, and they uh, can get a little nuts at times. But they are a fan base with a huge heart in both cases who will step up and do like a really good charitable, public service kind of thing. When, when
0: called upon. So that's nice to hear. Um, you guys touched on this earlier. Uh, Reese Hoskins signs with the Brewers, two years, $34 million. And I, I guess maybe there are more thoughts on him signing there and about his legacy. But more so, the thing I wanted to focus on is the Brewers' social media posted this video of Hoskins doing the bat slam off Strider. And as he slams the bat, they edit it to put him in a Brewers' uniform. And then the background goes all blue as if he hit it in Milwaukee which, I, I don't know, to me is a total violation.
4: Yeah, I don't like it either. It's uh, They're trying to sell their new player. I get it. It's probably the highlight of Reese's career. But you're right. He did it in Philly red, not Milwaukee blue. That's just flat-out wrong.
3: Yeah. Judy, just uh, there was – who was? Somebody on our station – oh, I think it was Joe DiCamera, Uh was saying he would rather they had kept Reese Hoskins – played him at DH and put Schwarber back in the outfield and move the outfield around and forget about Johan Rojas for now. The the lineup that the Phillies used in the postseason would not be what he would do. He would work Hoskins and just have, like, all bat, no field. I like Joe uh, DeCambre very much and enjoy his opinions, but I think he's out of his mind on this one. Well, uh, I'll disagree with him as well, probably for different reasons, though.
4: I like Rojas. I think Rojas is ready to be their everyday center fielder. I know a lot of people are projecting that he's going to start the year in A, and he's going to have to. I think he's going to come into spring training and pick up right where he left off. Yes, he struggled in the postseason. Talk about running out of gas. He had never come close to playing as much as he had last season. Tack on the major league season is longer. Tack on all of October. He'd never seen any kind of action in October. And I think he just ran out of gas. I love the kid, and I think he should be there every day center fielder, which uh, discounts the option of playing Reese Hoskins. If they were going to play Reese Hoskins, then he needed to come back, and you're going to have to suffer with his defense at first base. If they were going to keep him, that was going to be the case, and Harper was going to move back into the outfield, and Schwarber rightfully becomes the designated hitter he should be.
3: Well, however they would switch it around, I think this way works better. Even if the kids – if the kids are not ready at the, at the start of the season, I'll put Marsh in center field. I mean, we, you know, you can work it out. But you've got to pay some attention to your defense. And I, I, I think Hoskins will be remembered fondly in this town for years to come. Uh, and that uh, play that they fooled around with in Milwaukee is the all-time. Uh, but uh, good luck there. All right, what else we got?
0: Um, he also has more home runs in that playoff stretch than the Brewers have in the last, like, decade in the postseason. So, um,
3: you, uh, you, so hold on, because you, uh, you went to college out in, in uh, Wisconsin. I did. But, uh, does this, am I denoting from this that while you were out there, you represented Philadelphia and enjoyed jabbing at those people from Milwaukee who you went to school with?
0: um actually seems no. per- this whole thing seems a little personal well it, it got personal but not because of the brewers because of I, i'm a little bitter that he signed there and now they're going to get to enjoy his services and i'm really just bitter that they posted this video and okay. then i'm kind of bitter that all of my friends out there have rubbed the video back into my well there face. you
3: go that's that's what i thought i thought i, I knew there was some personal thing no
0: they're great here. people great people fine organization yeah um okay. this story is crazy i don't know if you guys have seen this Patriots wide receiver Kayshawn Booty, yeah. former LSU wide receiver who fell in the draft because of injury or whatever, but he was like he was a pretty highly touted guy. Um, was arrested in a gambling probe. He had more than eighty nine hundred wagers, including on LSU games in which he was playing. He created this account under his mom's credit card to get around the age limit. He he labeled the account Kayshawn Booty Seven. So you wonder how they caught him. Um, apparently, between twenty twenty two and twenty three, he deposited one hundred and thirty two thousand dollars into the account. He won a total of five hundred fifty six thousand, but then ended up withdrawing only fifty. So he ended up rebetting all of that. Like the, the guy was just a degenerate gambler, even on his own games. That's
4: bad. That, that that's Gerard Mayo's problem now. <laughs> Good not luck with that,
3: Gerard. That that's not going to play well going forward. They're, 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 he's got to be suspended for the season on that, right? They're not going to let him play. It has to be. They, there's been no official statement yet, but I, I don't see how you don't hit him
4: the same way you hit guys who did significantly less but broke the rules as they are in place. Now, he did uh, a lot of this gambling, as as Ben points out correctly, before he ever came into the NFL. Yeah, so okay. can that be held against him? I'm not yeah. sure.
3: but Oh, they will. Uh, I'm oh, yeah.
4: sure there's enough other bets and another other evidence he's going to get a full season.
3: Well, particularly Ben says he's doing it underage, so the league can say like you did this illegal thing, and therefore you're not going to be able to play. you it's, it's a year suspension. I, I'll just say whatever. This is going to be a recurring problem, and it's going to get bigger. And I'm not against you know legalized sports betting. I think people should be able to do what they want to do, except players in the league, and I think sooner or later we're going to have a, uh, what was the, Dar- Doherty, what was the NBA ref? Yeah, scandal. Yep. Yeah, we're going to have one of those, whether it's an official or a player or a coach, we're going to and have oh, one of those. And, oh, by the way, and-
4: I hope you both saw this. Vegas Super Bowl host, all players not allowed to gamble on anything. You can't play a slot machine. Is when that right? You get off the plane to show up for the Super Bowl every single player is being held to this really tight standard of no gambling on anything, not sports, not just black, not slot, everything. You can't gamble on anything. The day you touch down in Vegas, if you're playing in the Super Bowl and you're a player.
3: Well, all that tells me is the league knows that sooner or later, the scandal is going to happen.
0: All right. We got one more. What do we got? Um, In the, uh, this came out in the New York post yesterday, and it's more of a general thematic thing. Nansen Romo, calling games on CBS I don't know where you guys stand on the booth generally I think it's clearly slipped over the last couple of years this big post uh in the post about like their chemistry is just off and it's heading down like really the wrong path with uh, what Greg Olson is doing great you know, Tom Brady might be joining the mix and they're almost halfway through Romo's 10-year deal and it looks like it's going completely off the rails I can't
3: I don't stand buy Romo. that oh you go ahead you go first
4: yeah I don't buy that I think Romo's fine. I Ugh. think they kind of neutered Romo because he liked doing the predict the play before it happens thing because he's smart enough to do it. And they realized, yeah, we don't want to be tipping the hand ahead of time. And teams complained about it, so they reeled him back in. But uh, I don't think their chemistry is any worse than it's ever been.
3: The part of Romo that I liked was his ability to predict the plays. I, I, I found that to be pretty amazing. The part of Romo that I doesn't like is that he just he he's never stops talking. He he just chirps and chirps and I, yeah, I can't working. I just can't stand him. Uh, when he was doing the Eagles game last week, and I you know when your team's doing badly or the Bills game, excuse me, the Bills game when your team's doing badly, it annoys you more. I'll grant you that, but I just I if if you and I do a show someday ranking all of the analysts, the ones we like, the ones we don't, he's at the bottom of the list for me. I so. wouldn't go there,
4: but uh, yeah. here, oh, yeah. and here's another thing that
3: Eagle fans will love. Aikman is far and away the best, and it's. I like Aikman. It's not a cowboy thing for me. I like Aikman. I like Moose Johnson. You're you're open-minded, Mr. Mac. Now, not every Eagle fan is. No, that's that's fans. Anyway, Jody, a pleasure. Always my pleasure, buddy. Uh, we are together next week. They do let us do a show next Sunday. Yeah, no
4: game to be wow, back you would
3: So, great. yeah, you and I will be here, bud. Looking forward to it. I am as well. Ben Kenny, great job. Stay tuned. Go Birds Radio, James and Elliot, next on 94 WIP.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours